Us weirdos have to stick together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. I had to pause there because I kind of got in the way of myself. Uh, my name is Nobody, and joining me is the most wanted criminal on Etheria. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? I'm doing pretty good. I, I, I made the milkshake for myself before we started. Hey, nice. I, I made it before we just uh, talked about fucking Deus Ex and... Uh... Dishonored too for a bit there. <laughs> like <laughs> we were like, hey, we just talked about video games like 15 minutes. We probably should have actually hit record, shouldn't we, <laughs> for that preamble? But oh well, whoops, whatever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's for I, the Patreon I, I, that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for for the uh, that audio we definitely did capture in both Craig and Audacity. Yep, we definitely have that 15 minute talk on record to uh, save for. Who knows? Whenever we decide to actually do that, if we want to do that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, uh, God, it's like still a case of me being like, what the fuck has actually happened since we last talked on, well, on the podcast Saturday, uh, actually in real reality outside the podcast Sunday because of our tabletop group. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've, I've now officially been at my job for like, I guess, seven work days. Nice. Now, so it's like yeah it's like it's definitely getting like more like easier to like be like okay this is how this like e email has to be named and everything for these files and whatnot for when it gets uploaded and then put the email in the shared drive like <laughs> got to actually like really properly talk to my other co-worker like besides the one that's been like training me the last week or so and like she's also like super supportive about like queer stuff and everything like she's very understanding because she actually told me like her eldest kid is uh like has some level of autism so it's like yeah okay like makes sense that you can be like empathize with people more easily with that concerning you've been i think she said that her eldest kid is like 16 so it's like yeah it's like yeah you've, you've uh you've definitely had to like really spend a lot of time getting used to that stuff so it makes it easier for you to like empathize with other people i guess <laughs> yeah that was cool and you know She's, she's also like, yeah, I'm also kind of a dork. We have, like, six PCs in our home. Like, I have, like, all the consoles except, like, the two recent ones. And the only, like, yeah, just talking, like, stuff like that. And it's like, oh, cool. Red. Well, I'm glad you yeah. found a friend. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it turns out when you have coworkers who are, like, good people and willing to, like, talk to you and, like, listen when you, like, say stuff and be respectful and also, like, just give you that positive feedback of, like, yeah, you're doing a good job. <laughs> Turns out, you're actually, like, don't dread going into the office, like I kind of was a lot of time at my previous job, because, like, oh, fuck, here we go, what's gonna happen? Rad. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, fuck, is it actually a first for me? Because, like, I mean, God, I'm, like, thinking back to, like, all my other jobs, and it's like, oh, boy, like, I never really liked any of my coworkers, really, for the most part. <laughs> I thought I did with my Illinois coworkers for the longest time, but then, like, they were, like, very much, like, we don't understand why you have a problem with us sitting on our asses and playing World of Warcraft all day, Chloe. While you go out into the summer heat slash winter frost of fucking Illinois and to die out there doing your job. Like, great. That's that's rad that you think that way. Chloe, why didn't you just play World of Warcraft with them? 
Because fuck World of Warcraft. <laughs> I tried. I, I mean, I, I say I tried World of Warcraft. I tried World of Warcraft for like all like three hours where I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> like back when they like first released it as like a like free trial up to like a certain level. I, I played more Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn than I did World of Warcraft, being honest here. Like, I at least, like, played, like... How much did I even play of that? I think I played something, like, like 10 or 12 hours once, like, Final Fantasy XIV. No, it wasn't even when they did the free release. I actually did, like, buy that on Steam back, like, uh, sometime after World Reborn release. I think it was, like, back in, like... God, I think it was actually when I was still living in Illinois, so, like, 2013 or something like that, and, like... I don't remember my license to actually get back in with that character, but also, like, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I don't, I'm, I'm like, oh, dang, I wouldn't be able to, like, get the free download on Steam if I really wanted to try it again because I already own it, so, like, I can't get the free 30-day trial or whatever again. Ah. So, I was like, I, I was trying to, like, you know, like, a few weeks ago, I was actually trying to get it from their website, but that was also, like, when they were dealing with a lot of, like, traffic, and it's, like, it would just keep crashing at a certain point, like, during the download. Because of, like, some, like, restrictions or, like, I don't know if it was, like, firewalls or, like, something like that. But it's, like, there was just something in there that was just, just, like, people being, like, yeah, we can't figure this shit out either. So it's, like, I was, like, cool, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Again, like, I mean, I only played that a little bit. But I was, like, still being, like, uh, I kind of could go for the kind of game where I just have, like, a lot of, like, silly character customizations just so I could make a character with, like, you know, not even gonna lie, with big boots because huh. not. <laughs> but, like. Yeah, I mean, it was too much effort trying to get that to go installed that I was like, eh, whatever. I don't have enough games to play anyway at the moment, so whatever. Yeah, that's fair. There's yeah. there's there's a lot of games. <laughs> there are a lot of games, and like, I mean, I'm looking down the barrel of like, oh yeah, Monster Hunter Rise is a uh, big expansion releases in like three weeks. Yeah, uh -oh. three, I, three weeks from the day, actually, because they say the 30th, but like, whenever it comes to like updates for Monster Hunter, they always release like on like thursday at midnight in like gmt or something like that. so it's always like 8 p.m wednesday night actually <laughs> so it's like yeah it's like basically it's like oh it essentially releases in a, a day in advance in my own purview because usually i would only play in an evening anyway so it's like yeah that releases soon that's like basically the equivalent of what they did for uh monster world when they released iceborne where they were like getting in like the uh master rank so harder monsters mm -hmm. like a bunch of new monsters and stuff new locations new weapons and armor obviously so that'll get me playing that game a lot, and then like, literally like less than a month later, it's when Xenoblade 3 releases. <laughs> so oh boy, gonna be playing that a lot, and then like, fucking Splatoon 3 releases like five weeks after that. So it's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of just kind of what I'm interested in for the rest of the year. I think like I'm still like split between whether I want to get Pokemon because it's like. I've kind of liked what they've seen, what they've shown so far, but admittedly it hasn't been a whole lot, and, like, the last few Pokemon games have been kind of weak, at least, in my opinion. I mean, like, I still haven't ever actually finished Sword and Shield, uh, not Sword, uh, Sun and Moon, at all. Really? So, it's like, yeah, no, I just never did it. <laughs> huh. I was like, the farthest I ever would get would be, like, at, like, near, like, the start of the third island. So, like, I don't think I ever even fought, like, uh, Hapu, like, the ground girl, nor, uh, Nanu, the, the dark guy. I guess I'm just a little surprised by that. Sun and Moon was one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, because, like, I, I like a lot of Sun and Moon, and I like how they changed up the formula, but, like, I think, like, a big part of it is that I just don't like the, like... I don't know, I don't want to say, like, the hand-holding nature of it, but there's, like, so much fucking dialogue in that game. Like, there's, like, a little bit too much story, in a sense. <laughs> if, 
Like, I mean, it's like, I, I mean, I liked Black and White. I mean, not not so much for the Pokemon selected, but I liked it for the story. But it's like, they did also didn't, like, do, like, so many fucking cutscenes. I mean, like, you think back to, like, Original Sun and Moon, it takes you, like, a half hour if you're, like, not just Blitz and Girl to Die, like, to even get your starter. It's just like, that's a lot. <laughs> I guess I just don't see why that's a problem. I enjoy it when a game has a story. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do too, but, like, I, I guess it's just, like, yeah, Pokemon could afford to use a story, but, like, I feel like there's just, like, maybe a little bit too much in that, I think. Okay, <laughs> like, don't yes, get me wrong. I people love... complaining about this that got us uh, Sword and Shield, so... <laughs> True. <laughs> this is entirely accurate. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I mean, hey, again, like I said, it's, like, I'm, I'm still in that mind frame of, like, yeah, no, like, Pokemon is, like, it's still immensely popular for a reason, because people like it, and, like, I'm still curious, but I'm, like, being like, eh, I don't know, maybe I could, like, hold off a bit. Because, like, I mean, I'm sure I'm not going to fucking finish Zeno Blade 3 before Splatoon releases anyway, so it's like I'm going to have a big DRPG to play anyway. I guess that's fair. Uh, on, on top of still having something like 30 hours of Elden Ring to play at some point. <laughs> Because I still have not booted that game. I, I found out, actually, just by talking to my roommates about this yesterday, of like, oh, yeah, I haven't booted up Elden Ring in, like, maybe, like, two months. I wonder why that was. Oh, that was when I started to realize I wanted to go by a different name. And I was like, my character still has my old name. Could Ooh. I even change that? I, I found out you actually can. Like, it's pretty easy. Because there's, like, there's, like, one room in, like, the, uh... Uh, round table hold, if I'm remembering the name of the place location, right? Like, basically like the Firelink Shrine equivalent of just, like, here's, like, your home base, essentially. And it's just, like, a straight-up a character has a mirror in there where it's like, yeah, just fucking change your whole character's deal if you want. <laughs> who, who fucking cares? Like, edit whatever you want, and you can rename your character there. So, like, I found that out earlier today. I'm like, oh, dang, okay, I guess maybe I'll boot up Elden Ring again so I can do that and actually play more, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Too many games. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that's a better problem to have than not enough. Um, I, I suppose, but I mean, I also feel like like in the time that I moved here, like once I kind of stopped putting, like once I put down Elden Ring, maybe like back in April, I feel like I've not played a whole lot since then. I mean, like, I mean, I did double dip and get got Hades on Switch when it was on sale. So like, it's kind of funny how like I was like, yeah, I'll get Hades on Switch again to play it because I super fucking forget my EGS login, so I can't play it on my PC as much anymore. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I, I'll play that again. Because I only ever beat, like, the final boss, like, four times or whatever on PC. And then, like, I, like, told my roommates. And they're like, oh, yeah, maybe we'll check it out. And now it's, like, every almost every evening I can see my roommate Sam being like, fuck. I can just see her in the other room being like, shit. And, like, dying in Hades. And it's like, yep, <laughs> you, you got the Hades bug. You played it once, and it's like, yep, now you're in. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's pretty fun. Like, we were just, like, just hanging out yesterday while I was, like, doing some runs of it, trying to, like, progress and everything, as they were just, like, hanging out, just watching, and, like, we were just chatting. Good time. Turns out it's also kind of hard to chat while you're playing Hades, because that game is so fucking hard, even when you know what you're doing. I'll take your word for it. I've never touched it. Because, oh, really? Uh, I, I... just in general, I don't really play video games. Shocking revelation, I know, but... Uh... Hmm. Did you ever play uh, uh, Super Giant's other games? Like, even, like, Bastion? <laughs> no. Not e not even huh. a little bit, no. I mean, to be fair, Bastion is, like, a long time ago now, because, like, Bastion was on the 360 originally. <laughs> like, I think it was only on 360 for a bit till they put it on PC and Sarah Pornate to other consoles, too. Oh, I'm aware. Um, yeah. Okay, I might be cursing myself into eternal health.
by saying this on a podcast mm-hmm. that people can listen to. But uh, back in the day, I used to have a YouTube channel where we did sketch comedy based on video games. Mm-hmm. So I'm very familiar with a lot of video games retroactively. I just never played none of them because we were too busy having to write jokes. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. <laughs> But uh, don't go looking. Uh, it's under my dead name. I don't want you to know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Get a lot of problems like that. Like the uh, the old show I was on, I think I mentioned back on the episode Holly was on, where it's like, oh, yeah, like, I think most, I think that show is like fully scrubbed from the because it was on Shout Engine. Mm-hmm. Right, because I remember Holly brought up Shout Engine too, because it's like, that's where we had our different shows on and everything. And it's like, I'm pretty sure that because Challenge went down, that that entire show got scrubbed from the internet. And it's like, well, I guess that's kind of for the best, because there definitely were times where it's like, they would just refer to me straight up by my dead name. And it's like, oh, no. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. The most fun. Not, not, not often. They usually refer to me by, like, my old internet handle that was, like, also, unfortunately, kind of derived from my dead name, because it was, like, basically how my brother had butchered my name back when he was a toddler and I was an infant, so... Woof. Yeah, turns out I also uh, kicked that name to the curb shortly after I came out, because, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> reasons. Besides that whole deal, also the fact that, I mean, my member is a piece of shit transphobe, so, of course, I was going to kick that off to the curb once I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck him. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my week has been dramatic. Uh, a lot of ups and downs. Um, I know it's been three days since we recorded last, but who oh boy, has there been a saga of adventure going on over here? Mm. See, um, it... hmm? yeah, no, I was just gonna ask if it's like didn't like rough enough to the point that you didn't really want to mention it much. Oh, no, no, it's definitely worth talking about. It's uh. So I'm currently living in Canada as part of my studies. I'm pursuing a master's degree, right? And my program has this thing called a co-op where you actually get a job in the field and spend a semester doing the job for college credit. Mm-hmm. Right. And I wanted to do that, and I was planning on doing that in the fall semester because you get paid for that, and it would be nice to, you know, have a job to help pay yeah. for school. Hey, tur- turns out it's nice having an income. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But uh, it turns out that as an international student, I no longer qualify for that because they changed the rules. So <laughs> I can't Ugh. do that anymore. That sucks. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a dumb criteria of like, oh, sorry, too bad. Uh, yeah, see, because it's not required for the degree. So the Canadian government doesn't want to give me any money that they don't have to. <laughs> right. That's Even so, if it's that's... not them paying me, they just don't want Canadian money leaving it. <laughs> Yeah, that still sucks though. Yeah, it's like this stupid distinction of like, oh, you're you're a foreigner, so you don't qualify really. Yeah, so that was that was uh, sad. That was Monday I found that out, and mm-hmm. then Tuesday, uh, I left my wallet on the bus. Oh God. Uh huh. That's that's real bad. Yeah, that's real bad. Because, uh, you know, all of my credit cards and cash and driver's license and also one of my passports were in that wallet. Oh. <laughs> so. But yeah, I, th- I, think you, I think you cut out when I asked if you got it back. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did get it back this morning. Okay. I called the bus company and they, they found it. So I had to go to a yeah, different that... part of town that got it back and 
Coincidentally enough, today was the same day that I got reapproved for my student visa, so now I am not going to be forced to leave this country in July. <laughs> At least that, yeah. So, yeah, just a, a lot of big ups and big downs. Yeah, no, that's that's still a very fucking scary thing to think about, like... I, I kind of had, like, a bit of that in, like, the last few weeks when I was at my old job and also my own apartment. Mm -hmm. Because, like, uh, I thought that I had, like... So, like, I basically would always, like, pick up my wallet and put it in my pockets back when I still wore pants that had pockets in the cell. <laughs> uh, before, you know, shifting over with a lot of different clothes since moving here, basically. But uh, I basically would always, like... You know, because I kept my, like, basically, like, my uh, fucking... My work badge my well my keys in my my like essentially junk drawer and it's just like oh it's just a place i can put it and i'll grab it in the morning so that's why i grab everything and as i found out i must have picked up my wallet and put it back down the drawer when i oh, closed no. it because i like i know that's only on the way into work that like my hand just accidentally rested on my front pocket where i kept my wallet i'm like oh did my wallet slip out so when i got to work i was like searching around my car and being like did it slip out underneath the chair nope it's not here and i'm like Oh boy, I hope it didn't slip out of my Because, like, uh, that was also, like, a pair of pants that, like, the pockets were, like... Uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, like, they're kind of pockets that's, like, yeah, like, a phone will easily slip out if you're, like, just sitting in a, like, a uh, car uh, chair driving or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, it was definitely me being, like, oh boy, I wonder if it accidentally slipped out somehow when I was walking out to my car. So, like, <laughs> when I got into work, I, like, called my apartment complex to be, like, hey, if anybody finds a wallet with this name on it, uh, please let me know. <laughs> so... Just being like covering all my bases, and then it's like definitely had to sit there at my job for like in, in the whole day, being like, I really hope I didn't fucking lose my wallet a few weeks before I'm leaving this fucking state. Yeah. And then when I got home, and then when I got home, like I when I got home, I immediately found it in there. It's like, oh thank fucking god. <laughs> uh, definitely not a fun day. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, it was just, it, it was just such an emotional roller coaster from. I spent all last night panicking about how I didn't have any money or cards or any way of surviving. Yeah, the, the, and then this also morning, that, yeah. not only do I get it back, but also, hey, you can stick around some more. <laughs> yeah, like huge relief on two different fronts there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, sorry that happened, but at least it ended up okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, um... You know, I called the bus. I realized basically as soon as I got off that I was missing my wallet, and so I called mm -hmm. the, the bus company and put in a report right away, and I think that helped a lot. But, uh, yeah, it was it was harrowing, and I'm yeah. not looking to do that again anytime soon. No, I mean, like, it's very much me being like, oh, yeah, like, it's so easy for me to, like, I mean, this is very much a conversation I had with a friend when I first got my purse and everything, being like, wow, it's so useful to have a bag to carry around stuff, and they're like, Chloe, you know that this is something you could have done. You could have just had a messenger bag. And I'm like, yeah, but my current messenger bag is, like, kind of old and getting a bit beat up. And also just has a bunch of, like, old DVDs in it that I don't know what to do with because I don't have a DVD player anymore because who the fuck does? <laughs> and nobody wants these things. So I'm just, like, being like, oh, yeah, it's, like, great to be able to just carry stuff around my bag. And, like, yesterday as I was, like, walking to the CVS to get my, uh, like, uh, needle, syringe, and progesterone refills, I was, like, just thinking to myself, I was like, this actually would make it be way easier for somebody to steal all my shit because I'm like, I have my wallet, my phone, my uh -huh, car keys, uh -huh. everything in this one bag. <laughs> like, oh, not great. Uh, that's why I'm like excited about the uh, the crossbody bag that's like styled after uh, Bernadette from Fire Emblem Three Houses mm -hmm. that I'm getting later on in the year. It's like my like 
basically like my Christmas gift essentially, just a little bit early because it releases like late October. Right. Because it's like yeah, it's like a lot harder to like get a like crossbody bag off a person compared to just a person. <laughs> and you also because the uh, the really nasty thing about this wallet loss is uh, mm-hmm. I carry two wallets because uh, just in case of mugging, I want to be able to toss my fake one and go. right. Smart. And the fake one is just like. Uh, old school IDs and mm-hmm. li- library cards and you know useless stuff, used gift yeah. cards, enough to make it look like it's a wallet. And right, right. And I lost the real one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. It's like fuck. I could have lost the the other one. And it would have been fine. Uh-huh. Like it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been. I mean, it wouldn't be great because it's like it'd still be like stuff like you know an old school license and like library cards like you said but it's like it's like definitely less of a blow than like actually use, losing a real license yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> yep uh, turns out turns out uh putting like all your stuff in like one spot that you can easily have somebody just take and run off with not a great thing <laughs> no not so much not a great experience <laughs> it just kind of makes me think back to like how fucking wild it was when I was in Japan. It'd just be like, nobody has to like fucking lock up their bikes anywhere because people just have an agreement that nobody steals people's bikes, and it's like, geez, that's crazy. <laughs> like, I mean, like especially like it would be like every day when I'd be walking towards the train station that I would get on to go towards my job, and it's just like there's just like literally like uh, easily over a hundred bikes just around like the area near the train station it's like none of these are chained or locked up or anything it's like fucking crazy <laughs> yeah i mean if we want to talk about also dropping stuff uh, i almost did straight up lose my uh, apartment key <laughs> like uh maybe a month after moving to japan because Ooh. like as i was like walking to the train station i was like running a little bit late so i was like kind of like sprinting towards it and i didn't like i guess because uh, like, i would usually like uh put my well, I take car- my key. It was like kind of like like a metal disc that was like something that you like insert into the door, and it like had like grooves to like open the- only that door. And usually, like as I would be leaving, I would like just jam it in like a little compartment of my wallet. And I guess I must have like not put no no. Uh, I think I was like carrying it and like midway through like walking to- or slash running to the. Uh, train station and I tried to like take my wallet out to put it back in and I guess I must not have put it in the, the slot all mm-hmm. the way so it slipped out and it was only when I got to the train station that I like just checked to be absolutely sure and I'm like oh fuck so I had to run <laughs> back rechasing myself being like oh please may- nobody have fucked them picked up this thing and unfortunately nobody had so it was just sitting oh. there but there was still a case of me being like oh great and like I mean at least I can like text my job and be like hey I'm gonna be like 10-15 minutes late because I almost just lost my key to my apartment <laughs> but I found it just yeah, bear with me sorry <laughs> but they were totally okay with it nice but it's like definitely not a fun prospect to look at on the barrel of after just like a month of moving to a different country where you don't speak the language and like you don't really have any friends to be around <laughs> it's like great also i can't really talk to my landlord because it's like my job also like tried to like you know basically like got me the apartment and like did all that work so it's like i don't know how to fucking contact these people either <laughs> that would have been that was fun <laughs> well yeah uh, that's I, it sounds I pretty never, rough but i'm glad yeah, you dealt I, 
Yep, I have uh, never claimed to be a smart person, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't dumb, but I'm also not a smart person, I can acknowledge that. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of people who aren't smart, would you like to get into it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a transition, let's do it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, today we are covering two more episodes of She-Ra. So, my episode is Season 1, Episode 3, Raz. That's R-A-Z-Z, as in the cutesy way of spelling raspberry. <laughs> we open with Bo, Glimmer, and Adora arriving in Bright Moon. Uh, Adora thinks it's beautiful, but Glimmer just kind of suggests that Bo should bring her in the back way, which apparently is scaling a cliff. Bo says he does this all the time. <laughs> I guess that explains the belly shirts. He's got to show off the rock climber abs. Um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adora catches on pretty quick that they're trying to hide her, but Bo does deny it, and then we get credits. This is a weird cold open, in my opinion. I feel like we could have just done the credits first and made this scene part of the episode, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a bit strange. Yeah, so uh, outside, uh, Angela is meeting Glimmer at the front gate, and she is mad that Glimmer left. Um, just a heads up, this is a slight spoiler, but uh, Angela is mad is going to be such a recurring theme through this I, season. I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, the very next episode, she will definitely be mad more uh -huh. than any other emotion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think, I mean, again, I'm just going based on, like, almost, like, four-year-old memories here, but I'm pretty sure she just is mad, like, most of season one, That's right? That's her <laughs> primary character trait in this season, it's, yes. It's it's a bit humorous that, like, by the end of the next episode, they're like, yeah, she agreed to, like, try to restart the Princess Alliance when it's like, she was pissed about your old prospect of, like, doing anything besides bringing food to these people. Uh -huh. How did you convince her <laughs> of anything? <laughs> Especially when you disobeyed all of her orders possible. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to be the queen when all of your generals are teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Oh. And also when like you had when you're like so strapped for people that you decided to make your own daughter a commander and then definitely still do not trust her at all <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> Which yeah. I get. She I mean her I mean as we'll find out next episode, like her husband was one of the first casualties of the war so she does want to keep like the last remainder of her of him around and alive but it's like you kind of have to have a bit of leeway when you don't have so little people to help defend your <laughs> home <laughs> yeah you're not wrong um yeah so uh she starts to, to to read the riot act so to speak and then glimmer just passes out because she is out of magic she hasn't recharged for too long and uh, Angela does fly her up to the Moonstone to recharge, and we see Glimmer waking up a bit later. Um, Angela is now exasperated rather than mad, so that is one of the emotions she has. And uh, yep. she's upset that Glimmer didn't bother to charge up before leaving, but Glimmer just says she didn't think they'd be gone that long. And I just, like, honey, you're a warlock. Take a short rest. You need your spell yeah, slots. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I also just find it funny that, like, Angel Mom has basically, like, a switch where it's either exasperated or angry. And it's like, there's no there's no middle ground to the switch. You can't, like, try to balance it between the two. It's one or the other all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Glimmer explains that they found a very powerful piece of First One's tech in the woods. And founds that, not just that, but something even better. But she won't say what it is, and just kind of teleports out of there. 
frankly, I feel like this explains a lot of Angela's moods because if not only yeah. are you a single mother and a queen and a leader of a rebellion and your child was a teenager, but if she could teleport also, oh jeez. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. You, your kid, your ba- your kid basically has an out to never have to deal with any difficult conversation with you if she can just be like, "All right, I'm out later." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's uh, why warlocks don't get any invocation that lets them just teleport like will, like at will, basically. <laughs> I mean, not to say you can't just fucking take uh, fate touch and just have a free misty step per day. Yeah. <laughs> But that's just one compared to just as long as you are, have some magic going on. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same thing. Just she's just casting it with her spell slots. Um, exactly. Yeah. So up in Glimmer's room, Adora is messing with a plush of Cowl, who we talked about a little bit last episode. That Glimmer has on yeah, her bed. Yeah, I, ha- I definitely did see that in the trivia. And it's like, hey, we actually do. Uh, when we get to it, we actually do kind of have trivia for these episodes besides the voice actors. <laughs> it's mostly just like references to the older show, but still, <laughs> it's tough. And uh, Bo is mostly just being the worst at hiding anything, constantly opening the door and peeking out and. Mm-hmm. Adora mentions that she gets it. She she understands that Bright Moon is less welcoming of a horde soldier than they led her to believe. And I just like she spent the whole last episode disguised specifically so people wouldn't run away from her. I don't know why she where she got the impression that they would be welcoming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, again, like I I know that obviously they don't want to like try to like have to like be as direct about the news, but it's like. You're you're kind of doing like the uh, way worse approach of keep this a secret and not like intentionally be like okay well you have to follow us if you want to find out what's going on and it's like why the like glimmer like why don't you instead like take your mom aside and be like hey this is gonna sound fucking crazy but let me explain before like you like say anything kind of deal and then try to be like yeah and that's why I think that she's like Adora's trustworthy compared to. <laughs> I don't know, like, hey, I can't tell you this yet, come along, and then just be like, surprise, it's a horde soldier, and like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, they, 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 I mean, in the time that, like, in the, like, maybe, like, at least an hour between, like, when Bo and Adora sneak in and when, like, they actually get to this point, based on, like, uh, Glimmer having to have a bit of a rest, Yeah. it's like, Bo has made no attempt at, like, trying to find Adora any other clothes that would not just straight up have her fucking horde's insignia on her and still. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Jesus a... Christ. <laughs> so, in the next episode, the one you cover, she's got her horde ca- uh, 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 commander jacket back, the red thing. Yeah, and that's, that's just going to become... Two... Yeah. yeah, and that's just going to become her casual outfit. She does not stop wearing the Horde uniform at any point. <laughs> yeah, I do distinctly also remember that from season one, but it's also like, she is... her jacket has been missing like since the end of episode two, and it's like gone in this episode and the next, basically. Or, I mean, well, not the next, but like it's gone for like at least one whole episode. <laughs> it's like, where is it? <laughs> but also, I mean, they made an like, actual effort to disguise her last episode. Yeah. Why is Bo not being like, all right, let me try to find some outfit for you to wear? Well, we know exactly like, where her red jacket is. It's in the bushes outside of Thamor. But <laughs> how do you get so it back? Like, yeah, like, hey, hey, you random ass captain guard, go to these woods near this destroyed town and look for the jacket that is a member belongs to this member of the horde that's just hanging out here. This is your very important mission. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, it's very specifically a Horde uniform that she will not stop wearing. Yeah. So I guess people get used to it, but that seems in poor taste, IMO. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's like, hey, this is really going to rub it in that like this person is from the uh, the fa formerly of the faction that has wiped out so many of your like uh, parents and family and friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NRC Great. here, Bo specifically says everyone in Bright Moon has lost someone in the war. Everyone. Mm -hmm. So yep. like... We are Great. in a pastel wonderland, but we're already starting with the... <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, sure are. No effort made to disguise Adora. <laughs> Just going to point this out again. Yeah. He does, Worst um... idea possible to introduce a horde soldier to the queen. Yeah. He does reassure Adora that people will trust her once they get a chance to know her, so... <laughs> Uh, Glimmer does teleport in here, scaring the crap out of Bo. You'd think he'd be more used to that, but uh, mm -hmm. she's just there to say that her mom is coming and tells Adora to turn into She-Ra before Angela gets there because she doesn't think her mom will be super cool with the whole Horde soldier thing, but figures She-Ra will be an easier pill to chew on. Again, um, could have easily nipped this problem in the bud by just taking a 20-minute break to explain what's been going on to yeah, her mom uh -huh. rather than... Hey, look at Shira. Also, by the way, she's kind of an ex-horde soldier, but don't worry, it's all cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Dora's pretty uh, not on board with this, like right from the get-go. <laughs> she doesn't think she can turn into Shira at will, since it's only happened twice now, and it happened when people were in danger, and she couldn't really control herself. It, it was freaky. But uh, Glimmer's a bad friend and pressures her into it anyway, insisting that it can't be that hard. They have the magic words now. And she just grabs Bo and takes him out of the room. <laughs> she does try, but gets caught up in some kind of cloth hanging thing and knocks a bunch of stuff over. And Yeah, it's like a, like a bed curtain or whatever. Yeah. Realistically, I feel like this would have been a place for Angela to come in, is to find a horde soldier trashing her daughter's room, but they go a different <laughs> direction with this, because mm -hmm. she hears Horsey outside and sneaks out, uh, wearing this, I don't know what to call it exactly, it's like a rad cloak vest thing, it, like it's got a, you put it's like a, it's it over like a your neck, it's like a shawl like or you something, would a cape, yeah. but then it's got mm -hmm. armholes, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a shawl is how I think I would describe that. Yeah, or like like a mixture between like a shawl and like a poncho, I guess, in a sense. Something, but um, yeah, yeah. She gets outside, and then when there's more room to move, she tries to transform, and it still doesn't work. Horsey is not impressed. She also then also ad Adora, please don't hug somebody with a sword in your hands. That's just asking for disaster. <laughs> They do not definitely care about does... that sword in this show. Remember last episode when Glimmer <laughs> threw it at Bo? True. But, I mean, like, she does straight up go to hug Horsey around the neck while holding a giant <laughs> sword. Like, I don't know if the sword is, like, metal because it kind of, like, looks like it's more like a, like, crystalline kind of, like, uh, construction or whatever. But it's still a sword. Yeah. No, it super is. It's, uh... I don't think we ever actually hear what it's made of, but it's, like, science magic. Um, yeah. Yeah, so then she tries to transform 12 more times, and those don't work either. It's a little I, bit like the Go Web Go sequence from Spider-Man 2002, yeah, but more repetitive. Yeah, very much, yeah. <laughs> I also just like that my note here is Adora trying different ways and intonation to try to pop Shira out is also me and my voice therapy in the last couple of days practicing on my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's fair. Everyone in this show is trans. 
Like, <laughs> there's not yep. a... Just no, everybody. No, no, no cishet people allowed on all of Etheria, even in the Horde. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so she begs the sword to work, telling her that Glimmer is counting on her, but when she tries again, it just shoots a bunch of lasers all over the place, including one that hits Horsey who is then transformed into a unicorn with rainbow wings and freaks out big time. <laughs> um, he starts smashing up a local campsite thing. I'm not super clear yeah, on it's, what it's, this yeah, is. It's like, it's, it's like an encampment of like uh, soldiers that I guess they don't have room for in the main castle. Yeah. It's like what you'd see in like every episode of Game of Thrones whenever there's like people marshalling to go like fight soon, where it's like, yeah, like you see like the few people actually in the castle and then you have like the camps outside around because it's like there's too many dudes that we can't fit in the castle i guess that's fair i don't know bright yeah. moon's supposed to be a city though is the thing it's not just the castle so <laughs> yeah might might be like it's like hey here's like our training area or whatever and they just have some tent set up or whatever that's fair but yeah so he's panicking and rolling around and banging into stuff and eventually he uses his new wings to just blow adora's cloak vest thing off which should not be possible based on the design of the thing and the way she wears it, but whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Magic, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, since she's not wearing it anymore, the Horde logo on her back is revealed, and the people in the camp recognize her as a Horde soldier and attack her and chase her off a cliff and shoot her with arrows. <laughs> I, I really like the uh, the buff Minotaur tiefling-looking person during this sequence. <laughs> they, show up again, they show up again in the end, uh, like, as Adora, like, walks in before... Uh, uh, Angela, I almost called her Allegra. Jeez. <laughs> but like, yeah, like I just like that. There's just like fucking like a straight up tiefling here in this group. Yeah, I do gotta say, like, if a horde soldier invaded their camp and the best they can do is shoot her with arrows, I totally get why the horde is winning. They have tanks. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because like I mean, it's kind of established that like only princesses have magic, right? It's not. It's not like everybody in Brightmoon has magic. Yeah, like you can be a wizard, you can learn to cast magic, but it's not common and only princesses have it like yeah. powerfully and naturally if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah so uh yeah inside glimmer and Bo are taking angela to glimmer's room for the surprise and she's frustrated by their teenage nonsense but playing along for once <laughs> uh Bo leaves to make sure everything is ready and when he leaves angela tells glimmer how much she likes him and how much of a good boy he is so I kind of get the feeling that she ships her gay daughter with this gay boy, and her gay daughter is just yeah, way yeah. out of whack. That, that, I, I also really read it like, is she trying to like push Glimmer towards dating Bo, and it's like, eh. <laughs> I, I can kind of see it, but also it's like, eh, at the same time, eh. they're They're good childhood friends, I don't think that they would necessarily get together. I don't know the context of it, I don't, I don't know what happens in their, like, with them relationships-wise by the end of the show, I could be wrong, but who can say? I mean, you just said they were childhood friends. It's like a guarantee of them getting together in any anime, right? Ah, dang. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Bo gets back uh, just a few seconds before the guards arrive to report the intruder to Angela, who is understandably displeased. Um, we cut to the Fright Zone, where we get Lonnie describing the new princess to some randos, saying that she was 12 feet tall and trashed a whole recon squad with just a sword. Uh, in the background, Virgilio is bandaging Kyle's arm while she talks, because he got hurt. <laughs> um, Catra is here also, and she just scoffs at the monologue, saying that this new princess isn't any more special than the others, just all glitter and no substance, despite the destroying a legion of tanks. 
Thing. Yeah, this, this, all, all talk and no substance, despite still being a 12 foot tall lady with a sword that uh, shoots well, magic. <laughs> no, that is an exaggeration. She was only 8 feet tall, but still. <laughs> um, Lonnie doesn't really take her seriously at this, given that Catra is, you know, the only one to actually see her in person. <laughs> And, uh, okay, okay. I, I did. I did straight up Google it just to be sure, but yeah, uh, Adora is only eight feet tall as she run in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah Apparently well, she's five six otherwise. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, if a person was eight feet tall, you would probably also exaggerate because that's a really tall person. <laughs> I mean, like, the tallest people usually are like around like a little over six feet, really on average, for like really tall people. I guess like six six or so, but like yeah, like people are people tendly, tend to not be over seven feet tall, except in some very odd instances. Hey, now I have been to the Ripley's Museum and seen the life-size Robert Wadlow statue. <laughs> oh, I'm not familiar. I don't actually know. Oh, um, he's the uh, tallest guy to ever live, eight foot eleven. Well, jeez, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, dang, being, like, the tallest person possible and you just don't quite break the nine-foot gap. <laughs> like, jeez. <laughs> like, I'm the big, I'm the tallest person ever and I just can't get there. I'm 8'11", fuck. <laughs> Eventually somebody's gonna come along who's nine feet tall and beat that person's record. Oh, yeah. Dick move. Yeah. Stop being so tall. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, no, that is a very tall person. <laughs> jeez. But, uh, yeah, so Katra didn't even, like, try to fight, and Lonnie kind of looks down on her for that, so... Katra says that she can win that fight whenever she wants, because she knows She-Ra's secret. That's gonna get annoying as we cover this series, I think, is the she-she thing. Um, <laughs> Lonnie is pretty menacing in this episode here. Like, she seemed mm -hmm. more or less jovially incompetent last episode but here she's going hey Catra, yeah, uh, Dora can't protect you anymore, get out of here yeah, she's, she's kind of just like one of the most like toxic people in this show in a sense because she's just like really fully picking on like, not not even like one of like an insubordinate of her, like they are equals at this point because like Catra still hasn't gotten the promotion so it's like, they, they are in the same fucking boat and they are just and it's not great well i will say like maybe the rank is the same but i feel like it's pretty clear that they all have a higher standing in catra given the way people talk about her yeah, disappointments I mean, gets, and goofing off yeah there's that it's like yeah they're all like the same they're all in equal standing but also everybody's like yeah no catra is yeah. kind of fucking useless not to justify bullying i'm just saying that like yeah. th there no, is yeah. a clear weak link hey, in hey, this group and they are firing what, at it for what it's worth, this scene alone actually got me to put Lonnie's voice actor, uh, actress on the, uh, the trivia section because it's like, oh, this person's already, like, had way more to say than any member of the Dipshit Squad, so yeah, she can get on. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna cover her voice actress. I think actually... Uh... Oh, you understand that she is one of those that, like, that's her... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she actually, she's actually a pretty prolific voice actress. We'll get to her later. <laughs> yeah, because, like, Kyle, Lonnie, and Regelio is the horde trio there, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, two are barely characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, back in the Whispering Woods, Adora's upset with herself, just having a little bit of a, you know, a, a nice refreshing cry, saying she should never have gone outside, but, uh, all of a sudden a gem in the hilt of the Sword of Protection begins glowing, and she want, asks what more the sword is wanting from her, but at this point she spots a little old woman who has built a hut in the woods. 
Uh, the old lady spots her immediately, despite her attempt to hide, and when she approaches, Madame Raz is thrilled, saying it's time she got here. About time she got here. Adora is confused, but Raz reminds her that they made plans to go berry picking while calling her Mara. Uh, Adora does point out that she isn't, in fact, Mara, and Raz agrees, noting that it is not the right time for Mara to be here, but uh, Adora has the sword, so uh, let's go berry picking anyway. <laughs> I'll admit, I totally forgot to say they even existed because I did not remember her from when I watched season one. <laughs> <laughs> like when I saw, when I saw this episode, saw that was called Raz. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what's that? Like I was like, this. I don't remember any princess being like any raspberry theme. So I just fully did not remember this old lady exists. But then as soon as I saw her, it's like, oh right, okay, I, I vaguely remember this person. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, there is a little moment here where she's packing her stuff, and there's a shot where she's holding like a, a folding fan, and it definitely does have a picture of her friend Lou Key from the original show on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I also have that as a note uh, for that. Yeah, they point out that character and also Broom, because she just straight up has a broom. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Adora does try to press for info about the sword, but uh, Raz is back to calling her Mara and won't really give her any information. Adora gets exasperated for the first time, asking how long Raz has been in the woods alone, which is when uh, Raz actually mentions Luki and Broom, who were her friends from the original show and are very much not in this show unless an inanimate broom counts. <laughs> um, there was actually some speculation that uh, this is the original Madame Raz from the 80s show who just carried over between the series. Um, like she's just like thousands of years old or whatever. <laughs> yeah, some people do kind of suggest, because like she knows these characters, right? And they're not here, right. so. Yeah. I don't yeah, I can see it. know if I buy it exactly, but it's definitely, uh, there's some suspicion here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, like, again, like, much like we do a lot on this show, like, it could just be us over-examining something. Just like how we were like, oh, Luce doesn't have her backpack, so obviously she's not going to have her eggy friend. Oh, wait, no, she does have the eggy friend. I guess I just forgot to draw it on her. Oh, I don't trust Rain. They're acting strangely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, re hey, remember when I was also like, yeah, but Steve's fucking freckles are in a different spot. And then it turns out, no, it was just probably also animation error. Because <laughs> Owl is actually, if you look at it closely, kind of also has pretty frequent animation errors. I mean, like, Bellis's lip flaps when he was, like, talking to Hunter in the finale were also kind of all jacked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, like, I mean, Darius's uh, coven sigil was on the wrong arm, so it's like, yeah, shit happens. <laughs> Obviously, things happen. Like, it's not, these are people making the show, not, like, robots, so stuff accidentally gets flipped around and people forget where stuff is. Yeah, for sure. Shit, shit happens. <laughs> but that just means, yes, okay, at least my good boy Steve is still a good boy. Hopefully. <laughs> don't, don't, don't jinx anything. <laughs> Steve and Rain are still good people. I do not accept otherwise. <laughs> Assuming they're still people and not like... There's not, none of them are... Did, I know they didn't show any of them after the, after the eclipse ended, but I don't think any of them de are dead because they showed other people getting back up. And it's like those, are, like, those are just random civilians. They're like way less magically powerful compared to like Covenheads and... Like, I mean, we don't even see like Lilith once the eclipse happens. The last time we see her is her like wrapped up in magic chains so like we yeah. don't even know what she was going through during the eclipse but she's also was like fine he was just hanging out <laughs> yeah um uh adora and raz arrive at a first one's ruin and while adora is busy processing where they are raz just climbs the thing she is basically spider-man um 
These ruins are apparently the best place to pick berries, and when Raz gets to the top, the defenses activate, which are like holographic shield things, and she does get thrown off. <laughs> Adora catches her, and she just absolutely plays the whole thing off like it didn't happen. <laughs> um, while the holograms are up, though, they also project stars across the sky, and Raz has a little bit here reminiscing about coming here with Mara to watch the stars, talking about how they're gone now, when she doesn't know what happened to them. And this is very specifically uh, why I mentioned that there weren't stars in the sky in the first episode, is because yeah. of this. Well, you see, Raz, when a star twinkles out, it means that the world has been consumed by the Heartless. So, you know, Sora's just gotta do his work and he'll, he'll get better, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, Adora has a few flashbacks here, saying that she's seen this before, and we get some of the shots from the visions that she had last episode, and she then begs Raz to tell her what she knows, thinking that Raz brought her here for a specific reason, but the old lady just insists that they're here for berry picking. This is a big part of why I think people thought or, you know, still think that she's from the original show is just because she's so enigmatic. Like, she seems to know everything, but she refuses to say any of it. Yeah, like, she, she's a classic example of the, like, the mentor figure who is, like, acting kooky but knows way more than they're letting on, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, in the Fright Zone, Catra is laying in Adora's bunk bed, ruminating on some graffiti of herself and Adora before scratching it out, upset. And uh, she then proceeds to kill Adora's bed. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> you know, the way cats do. First actual casualty of the show. <laughs> Followed next episode by another bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just having a real good cry, but uh, Shadow Weaver shows up and she's just immediately composed. It's very impressive, honestly. <laughs> Uh, Shadow Weaver is here to gloat, demanding more respect from Catra now that she's failed so badly, but Catra kind of redirects the convo pretty much right away, pointing out that Adora defected and that it was Shadow Weaver's fault since she raised Adora, and it kind of seems like Adora might have made the right choice leaving. Yeah, so, she kind of has a she kind of has a pretty good point. It's like you raised this kid if she was willing to like drop us at the like at the moment's notice of like as soon as she realized something was going on that she was not willing to like really come back and talk to us about it that really just reflects on your bad parenting lady <laughs> yeah exactly but uh unfortunately shadow weaver goes full karen and grabs katra and is taking her to the manager which is to say hordak mm -hmm. uh back in the woods adora is basically just begging raz to explain what's going on telling her that she can't go back to the horde and that the rebellion hates her and that, uh... Adora, nothing's happening to you. You're just realizing you're gay. <laughs> That's straight up what my note says. Nothing's happening to you. You're just gay. <laughs> and uh, Raz just kind of shuts her up when they reach the edge of the forest, which has been, like, burnt and destroyed, defoliated. There are a few dozen horde tanks here just kind of sitting around and... Raz, in her first moment of real lucidity, says it's the same story that it ever was. Just wicked people destroying the things they can't control. And that, uh... I, I, I kinda... I think that these tanks are, like, supposed to be actually busted up. I think it's, like, not just that they're just hanging out sitting here. You know, I thought the same thing at first, but, like, there's a horde base 20 feet away, so... That, that's also true. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> 
But like you would think that like if the horde was actually like a competent uh, invasion force, that they would actually have the foresight to have their tanks go back into their base. This way, nobody could fuck with them, and also because presumably they have to refuel. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Nobody ever said the horde was competent. No. <laughs> I mean, how easy it is to just steal their fucking vehicles and go on joyrides and also just fucking leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Rest says that once upon a time, the princesses would have stopped this and protected the people in the forest, but now they just kind of stay in their own castles, protecting nothing but their own lands. And then Rest talks about how similar Adora is to Mara, brave, loyal, and afraid. And when Adora protests that characterization of being afraid, Rest just laughs at her, saying that uh, she found the first old lady she could and started asking for life advice, so... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Nothing is easy and no one could make it that way. What matters is what she thinks about her situation. And uh um, I do like that mm-hmm. I do like that like not only like in like the the very first episode they are actually willing to like point out like everybody calls you the evil horde, so you clearly can't be the good guys, but also here it's like you literally did talk to the first person you found living in the fucking woods to ask them for life advice. <laughs> like, it's like one of those little things about the show that's like, yeah, they're at least willing to, like, look at the camera and be like, yeah, you, you seen this shit? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, really what it comes down to is that Adora thinks deforestation is wrong. <laughs> um, she hears Horsey over the ridge being captured by Horde soldiers for some reason. Not entirely sure why Horsey is here or why Horde soldiers feel like they need to capture him. I guess they just grab anything that comes near them. <laughs> it's like a magical creature. I can I can see it. Yeah. That's... I mean, also like I mean, presumably because like, I, I I mean, do we ever see another like unicorn or like Pegasus in this show? I don't believe just, so. No. Just... Yeah. So it's like if if that's the case, it's like oh, this is like a one of a kind fucking thing. Nobody's ever seen one of these, so of course we want to bag it. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Adora decides to get involved and transforms, for real this time. Uh, the leader of this little base is, uh, he kind of looks like a Sasquatch. This is Grizzlore. Um, he is a character from the original series. He does not get named here, but it is in the credits, so. Yeah, I did notice that because like the same guy that voices uh, Hordak voiced him. Yeah. He's, you know, just a little Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. And he orders his guys to grab Shira when she shows up. Uh, she takes them all out with one attack, attack and then trashes the tanks. Um, Horde reinforcements arrive, and Raz takes to the field just entirely ineffectively, whacking a guy in the face with a broom, and he's just standing there. But, yeah, how, uh, co- how come she hitting a guy with a broom is less effective than in the next episode with the few Plumerians hitting people with leaves? Because <laughs> they're straight up, like, two people just whacking the Horde soldier with some, like, big palm leaves or whatever, and he's just, like, cowering in fear of being like, no, it burns or whatever. Meanwhile, like, this old lady hitting this guy with an actual stick and doing nothing. <laughs> well, this one's wearing maybe, armor, I don't know. Maybe, um. I mean, the other the other Horde soldier's wearing um, armor. Maybe he's, maybe he's just, like, a warder ground type, so he's, like, super effective weak to grass or something <laughs> yeah but uh, he does eventually get sick of standing there while she hits him with a broom and moves to attack but the second he does horsey just drops out of the sky and stomps him to death fully full-grown horse landing out of the sky yeah, no, that, standing that on his dead. back this man yeah, is dead got... <laughs> <He's> super dead <laughs> in a really really terrible way um yeah, because horses kicking you is a bad way to go. Yes. 
So uh, Grizzlor gets on the turret of a tank and tries to shoot Horsey out of the sky, but Adora slashes the barrel of it and stands directly in front of it. Um, little known fact, uh, you can still shoot a tank with the barrel reduced, it's just yeah, not going to have I, as good of range. Here's the thing, I'm pretty sure also, like, if a, if it, like a, in the real world, if a tank had its, like, barrel damage like that, it can't fire still. Because, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure if, like, the, the barrel is damaged, it's going to, like, potentially, like, cause a misfire and blow up the rest, like, if not the rest of the tank, then the rest of the cannon at the least. <laughs> well, like, in theory, it should still be able to fire, is the thing. It depends Maybe. on then... how the uh, the turret is damaged. So, like, with something like this, a monomolecular blade just slicing it off with no deformation or damage, I fully yeah. believe that a tank would be able to fire. I mean, it... Its range would just yeah. be messed up. It's also a laser cannon, so it's like it's it's not like firing a physical projectile, so yeah. I guess there's a difference there. Yeah. It's not firing a giant, like, shell or anything. It's just laser. But I don't... But, but typically, I'm pretty sure that... Yeah, but typically I think this cannon would be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it turns out that uh, She-Ra is not immune to point-blank tank blasts. <laughs> because she does get knocked out. And uh, Raz uses her catchphrase from the 80s show, shouting razzle-dazzle as she drops some smoke bombs. And when, she, when Adora wakes up, she is in Raz's house and not She-Ra anymore. Uh... Raz tells her that she and Swiftwind were talking while she was unconscious, and that he is grateful that she helped him, but also that he thinks Horsey was a stupid name. This is, of course, the person who was formerly referred to as Horsey. Uh, he's Swiftwind now. He has transitioned, and Horsey is his dead name. Stop calling him that. Um, yep. While she's been unconscious, Adora has been thinking, apparently, and she's had a revelation. She's decided to protect Etheria. If the princesses won't do it, she will. And uh, Raz tells her that if Adora ever needs her, you'll know where to find me. And then just kind of leaves muttering about not having any idea who this child is. <laughs> uh, Adora politely asks Swiftwind for a ride back to Brightmoon. And there's a cute shot of her having a great time flying through the clouds on his back. And uh, back in Brightmoon, Angela is still yelling, demanding to know how they thought bringing a yeah, horde soldier like, to Brightmoon was a good idea. This has been, like, at least, like, five or six hours since yeah. she has not stopped yelling. <laughs> they, like, changed location and everything, because they're in the uh, the main courtroom now. <laughs> yeah, they've been, like, she's been shouting as they've been going around their entire day, like, just straight up yelling throughout all of lunch and, like, the, all like the meetings and stuff and it's like all right now come with me to my throne so i can yell at you more where more people can see me yell at you yeah yeah she's got lungs huh <laughs> um glimmer does keep insisting that there's more to the story but angela just will not listen she's too busy yelling <laughs> and then uh she-ra arrives walking into the court in full glowy mode angela actually knows who this is she's pretty stunned by her appearance uh, She-Ra is here to pledge herself to the Rebellion, but uh, just turns into Adora right in front of everybody. She says that there is no real reason to trust her, but she's seen that the atrocities that the Hordes committed and is here to fight to stop them, and offers up the Sword of Power to Angela, who takes it and explains that she knows the legends of She-Ra, that she would return in the hour of Etheria's greatest need, kind of like King Arthur. And uh, upon... Pretty Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> Upon Glimmer's word that uh, Adora can be trusted, Angela formally accepts this allegiance, gives the sword back, and gives her the name She-Ra, Princess of Power. Um, 
I'm not super sure about this. So, like, as we go through the series, we'll find that the different princesses are called elemental princesses, basically. So you've got your princess of ice, your princess of flowers, etc., etc. So I'm not sure if princess of power is literally She-Ra's title, or if that is a thing that Angela is calling her here. But either way... (laughs) I mean, well, that was her title in the original show, which I, I did see in the trivia that it's like, yeah, like, they reused that because, like, that was what she was called in that one. Yeah, but... Uh, within the original show, everything was hyperbole and epithets, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the show itself was called She-Ra Princess of Power. That was the title. But yeah, my, my point here is within the... The current canonicity within this story, I don't know if power is literally her magical domain or if that is what yeah. she's being called. <laughs> right. Yeah, like if it's like, oh, her specialty is power magic, or if it's just like, we have to think of a title for Shira, so I don't know, power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's buff as fuck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the people of Bright Moon are thrilled by this, cheering, and uh, Bo and Glimmer give Adora a big hug. It's very cute. Back in the Fright Zone, Shadow Weaver drags Ketra before Hordak, giving her a dressing down about how simple her mission was and how humiliating her defeat was, and Hordak just kind of puts this on Shadow Weaver right away. Hordak is a good boss. Uh, he points yeah, out... Like it, it, he, he points out the same thing I brought up earlier, that, like, yeah, Ketra's attitude is entirely uh, Shadow Weaver's problem because she also raised her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yep, you're, you keep deflecting your own problems onto your uh, two adopted daughters, lady. Maybe stop that. Yeah, and he also like makes a specific point of noting that Shadow Weaver is the one who lost the Force Captain, <laughs> and uh, you know suggesting that Catra should have the job. And Shadow Weaver protests, but Hordak promotes her on the spot, handing her a shiny new Force Captain badge, and that's the end. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything else on the episode. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like we're still in the early stages, so it's like, yeah, it's like it's really more just like. I guess, like, a lot of the show is really just, like, story. It's not like there's... We don't get any, like, uh, goofball, like, one-off episodes, I guess, in the show, really. <laughs> at least, not that I remember from season one, at the least. Yeah. No, there's there's not going to be too much silly filler in this show. I don't think Netflix likes that very much, if I'm honest. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's very... I like this episode a lot because of the connections it gives you. Um, whether it... Raz is actually the original Madame Raz or not, it doesn't really matter to me because she's there and she knows what's happening in a way that no one else does. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is very interesting, even if she won't tell anyone. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's like all the stuff you used to see in, like, uh, some of the Legend of Zelda games are like, oh, yeah, that seems familiar to, like, other stuff that happened before, like, Breath of the Wild kind of, like, started, like, really tying it all together. Although I guess, like, also, like, Nintendo giving doing, like, the whole, like, official Zelda timeline also started doing that. Oh, but, right. like, you definitely would you definitely would be like, oh, yeah, like, that's just straight up, like, the fucking, like, fountain areas from uh, Skyward Sword that you could just find in Breath of the Wild, and that's neat. <laughs> I, that's, like, they don't get named that. That is very true. Um, mm-hmm. I did want to mention, uh, Hordak has a little buddy. Uh, this is Imp, is his name? I-M-P. And he's basically a baby Hordak with wings, so he's just going to be hanging around for the rest of the series. Yeah. 
I mean, like we like we've established, like so many people in this series are warlocks. Uh, Hordak is simply a warlock of the uh, Pact of the Chain, and he has the Infamiliar as an option. Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of the better ones because like they can just like they can transform their form so they never have to actually be in them so you don't have people freaking out and they can turn invisible at will. So pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, just I, I, for the I'm rest just... of this series, whenever Hordak's on screen, assume Imp is nearby. We're probably not going to point yeah. him out a lot because he doesn't do a lot of important stuff. But he's you know he's just like a pet yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he's around. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, uh, I guess we'll just continue on into the next episode, right? Sounds like a plan. Alright, uh, yeah, the next episode is episode 4, Flowers for She-Ra. Pretty obvious Flowers for Alderaan joke about, or reference there. This is... well, we'll talk about it, no worries. <laughs> hmm. Alright, but yeah, uh, this episode just opens up with Glimmer showing Adora around Bright Moon, where she's excited that her mom let Adora stay. And meanwhile, Azora is just, like, so thrilled at the fact that she's just overhearing every guard around them as they walk by, just, like, muttering very loudly that they don't trust Adora. Which, <laughs> I mean, fair. She's still, again, wearing her horde outfit, so it's like, they could have at least done that. But also, like, yeah, even though the queen says, like, something, doesn't mean everybody's gonna immediately do that, even though most people cheered. Yeah. But yeah. They arrive at Adora's room, where Adora is just fully overwhelmed by the extravagance of the room, since there's just, like, a full-on, like, separate shower area and like just like a fountain like a waterfall just for mm-hmm. show just for looksies <laughs> like maybe this is why you're not doing so great with the rebellion because you're spending a bunch of money on fucking like bedrooms that <laughs> for stuff that is just there for silliness as opposed to funding your war effort lady this is a but, guest whatever. bedroom and there's a waterfall yeah. in it <sighs> and then Glimmer's room doesn't even have a waterfall from my recollection when we saw her room in the first episode it does not but she does or have those magical floaty platforms she does, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's just magic. This is like, yeah, somebody had to take the time to carve a fucking, like, water uh, delivery system to just have a waterfall in the bedroom. Well, you say that, but, like, somebody had to enchant these platforms, and I don't think it was Glimmer, because her magic fades, so... I mean, they might they might just vote from the, like, the magic of the, uh... Oh, God, what's the, the big gemstone in Bright Moon called? The Moonstone. Yeah. Yeah, the moonstone. It might just be like, oh yeah, just the lane magic of that makes some stuff float. So it might just stuff. It might possible. not be. It might not be like uh like a person's coming in and casting like levitate on every so often. It could just be just from that. But yeah, but yeah. Anyway, like I mean, uh, Glimmer, you know, just like says like, all right, later, have a good night, and like Adora just ends up getting consumed by the pillows. So R.I.P. Shows over. <laughs> Yeah, she, she, there's too many pillows on this bed because it's too floofy, and like she's just straight up fighting the bedding because it's just too like com- fluffy and comfortable for her liking because she just likes flat beds like she's used to at her bunk. Yeah. And again, like I mentioned earlier, she just ends up basically killing the bed bags and by ripping it apart and having like feathers go all over the place with her <laughs> like trying to force them back in. So she goes to like in search of Glimmer just because she killed the bed and runs into Angela instead. <laughs> And Angela's just out there because, like, she's just explains, like, yeah, like, when, like, the War Council and stuff get me tired, I'd come out here to see this portrait of my dead husband, who was one of the founders of the Rebellion, as well as one of the first people that died in the Rebellion. <laughs> great, great, great record there. One of the founders and he immediately died. Yeah. But yeah. And she just explains to Dora that she's only giving her a chance because she loves and trusts Glimmer, and tells her not to disappoint Glimmer on all this. <laughs> so, great, great pep talk, uh, Angel Mom. <laughs> Yeah, she just has no time for anyone at all. 
No, she really doesn't. Which I get, I mean, like, she's kind of been running the last bit of the rebellion on her own for who knows how long. Like, something at least, like, what, 20 years or something like that? I mean, well, no, actually, I guess not 20, because, like, Glimmer's only, like, 16 or so. <laughs> but, like, definitely, like, at least, like, probably, like, a good decade yeah. since, like, her husband would have died. So it's, like, it's been a long time that she's been trying to do this on her own when everybody else has basically abandoned their cause to just hide out at their castle and not do anything. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure of a timeline of when the Horde got here, so... Yeah. I mean, like, I mean... It has to have been longer than that, right? Because, like, Adora... Oh, uh-oh. That's true. Adora's 17, and uh, she yeah. was brought to the Horde when Shadow Weaver found her, so... Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, uh, Adora's been there her entire life, because, like, I act like she wasn't, like, brought from a different planet or something like that as a kid, so... Presumably they've been there at least, like, well, like, 20 years or so, but it's only been, like, recently that they've, like, really tried to, like former rebellion and then kind of fucking failed the first time so <laughs> yep who knows yeah uh but speaking of glimmer she wakes up the next morning to just find adora sleeping in her bed because every girl character sleeps in another girl character's bed in this show but yeah adora's I mean, just like she, hmm? this is adorable though yeah it, it's cute but like yeah like adora just explains that she's never slept in a bed by herself before since she's used to like living in the barracks and everything else so with katra in her bed and everything and yeah, she also... like, she doesn't mention that, but absolutely, Catra yeah. has been sneaking into her bed every night since they were children. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, she can't, like, sleep by herself necessarily yet. It's yeah, unbelievable she also how gay she is before she even realizes she's gay. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those things that you find out where it's like, oh, yeah, this explains why I never liked uh, taking my shirt off to go swimming. Hey, turns <laughs> out it wasn't just because I was really self-conscious about being skinny as a kid. I mean, it was that, but also, it turns out it was also dysphoria. Yay! Hooray, I finally have a name for all that shit. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, uh, aside from that all, uh, Adora also explains the glimmer about her running with her mom the previous night. And, you know, uh, she says that her mom's intimidating. Glimmer agrees, but also says that Adora was invited to the weekly meeting with the generals, and she wouldn't have been if her mom didn't at least trust her, even if she doesn't necessarily like her. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they go meet up a bow to go to the meeting and see a lot of empty chairs, which Glimmer explains belong to the other princesses who have just fucked off from the rebellion after their faction suffered a heavy defeat back when she was a kid. So now they just keep their own kingdoms, as we already established. Uh, both does say that both Spinnerella and Natasa remain, though, who, they, even though he just admits, like, nobody's really sure what the fuck they do, because they're just sitting there and they just wave, <laughs> but, like, they don't really say anything, so, I didn't make a note of their voice actors yet, but I know one of them is voiced by Andy Stevenson, at least. Um, yeah. Like, they're gonna be recurring eventually, but yeah, you don't need yeah. to do their voice actors yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not in this, they're, like, aside from this one shot of them waving at them, they're not in this episode, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that they don't said, them, though, so. I do want to take issue with Bo here. Because he says that he doesn't know what they do, but everyone in this world, what they do is defined by their name. Yeah. Your name is exactly. Bo. You use a bow. Glimmer's name is Glimmer. She does sparkles. Angela's name is Angela. She uses angel wings. <laughs> These people are named Spinnerella and Net Toss. Uh, what do you yeah. think they do, Bo? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like, Adora's name is Adora. She has the power of being gay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's basically just everybody in this world. It's like, it's like, I at least can, like, uh, 
I like that they don't try to like really explain this naming convention. It's like it's one of the like the dumber things about like the Ruby show where they're like, oh yeah, there was a war on individuality, so now everybody names their kids after like colors and shit. And it's like that's a really stupid context for why you want to have your characters have names that represent kind of their hair color. You could have just been like, what, what the fuck ever, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to this word, it's like, who cares, fuck it. This character has this name because of this reason. Yeah, just we have my little throw body rules here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Adora accidentally sits at the head of the table, which, uh, as Glimmer uh, apologizes to her mom about, Adora finds out is because it's the chair that belonged to uh, Angela's dead husband. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of just like shooting zero for five here with Angela at this point, really, <laughs> uh, Adora. <laughs> just fail after fail, basically, with her. But yeah. Uh, Angela just goes on to explain that uh, the meeting was called because Princess Perfuma of Plumeria, which those two names I definitely mixed up a lot in my notes because I <laughs> just kept thinking her name was Plumeria for some reason. I think I'm mostly thinking of like the person from Pokemon Sun and Moon. Yeah, that's the, fair. The, the team grunt person, yeah. But yeah, uh, Perfuma has sent a distress call as the Horde has marshaled at her borders, and Angela's captain explains that they are cut off from their supply lines, so Angela decrees that Bright Moon will provide humanitarian aid to Plumeria. And at that point, Glimmer just immediately suggests, why don't we just fight off the Horde? And Angela just shuts that down because Glimmer's option is always just, why don't we just fight the Horde? Which, again, at this point, does seem like a good option, not gonna lie, because, I mean, you've been, like, basically not fighting the Horde for, like, a decade, and look how bad things have gotten. Yeah, I, don't... I get that you've been by your I get that you've been by yourself, pretty much, since the Alliance broke, but, like, could have at least tried to fix it or done <laughs> something, rather than just sit back and hope for the best. It does... I don't really understand what Angela's plan is here. Like, yeah, there's no winning situation for her if she just keeps giving away food. Pretty much. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's... Yeah. Angela yeah. is not good at uh, war. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, it turns out, uh, you know, just, like, as the characters keep suggesting, like, we should actually take, like, direct action rather than passive action. And, like, Angela just wants to be like, well, why can't we, like, she's kind of, like, both sizing this a bit, I would want to say. <laughs> like, why can't we have a civilized discussion with the murder Nazis? And it's like, because they're Nazis. Yeah. Thanks, but they want to they kill you and your planet. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Adora suggests that she and Shira will go with Glimmer and Bo, and like you know as the actual people that would bring the like food and supplies and angela for some reason ends up agreeing to this person that she clearly does not like <laughs> yeah but maybe she'll die <laughs> uh, yeah but also that'd be i mean even though she doesn't like adora it's like she kind of knows that she can't afford to like just let shira die though because <laughs> it's like shira is still shira even if it's this person that used to be an enemy like a couple days ago okay from, yeah but uh, if she dies she knows, then i can keep the sword <laughs> Yeah, but that doesn't mean that anybody else would be able to get the powers of Shira. <laughs> I mean, the sword, the sword. I mean, the sword is again. It's a hexblade weapon. Like it shows Adora. She's also a warlock here. Yeah. She just happens. To, she just happens to be a warlock that decided to heavily invest in strength. Even though it's like you just need charisma because you can attack with your and deal damage based on your charisma bonus, Adora. You don't need strength. Nah, but see, she she got the uh, Eldritch Smite invocation, so she's got no spell slots. So there's no point in having charisma. <laughs> Uh, I guess. But, like, I mean, you still can use your Christmas story for, like, you know, attack rolls. 
It's it's less it's less having to have a multiple stats to have your character work right. Because <laughs> I mean, like you definitely want at least like a good con, and you want at least like a plus two dex. This way, you can use like uh, medium armor. Because like I don't I don't think she has a full plate I don't think she has full plate armor, and also I mean uh, blades don't get full uh, heavy armor for thing unless you take a feat anyway. She definitely has heavy armor, yes. I guess, but also, like, she, she definitely has some, like, bullshit feed in there where it's, like, yeah, she doesn't actually, like, get affected by penalties associated with heavy armor, like, uh, disadvantage on stealth and stuff like that. At, she's not clanking around. <laughs> at any rate, my point here is, if you're not using your spell slots to cast spells and you have a strength score, there's no point in wasting a high con, or a high charisma. Like, it, you're just making yourself too mad, even if it gives you an ability to attack with yeah, charisma... Yeah. You don't need both, and she clearly sure. chose the one that lets her wear heavy armor. <laughs> but it also means that you aren't as efficient with casting Eldritch Blast, cause it's still running off charisma. She will never cast Eldritch Blast. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> she, she tries to use, yeah, she tries to heal the sword and straight up shoots Blazer Blast. <laughs> like she shoots a bunch of trees in this one up in this very episode, trying to like do healing magic, forgetting again she's not a cleric or a paladin. She's a warlock. She doesn't get healing spells. She gets murder people spells. <laughs> but yeah. We, 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 it's a little bit too easy to compare some stuff in this show to D&D stuff for some reason. Because oh, you have no <laughs> Yeah. It's... But yeah. I'm holding back. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But yeah, uh, continuing on, uh, we cut over to the Fright Zone where the Dipshit Squad are in a training exercise that uh, Katra has once again fucked off from. And she, like, immediately, like, pops up just to, like, basically gloat to Lonnie that she's the force captain now and, uh, t to tell Lonnie off because it's like, yeah, you gotta listen to me now, motherfucker. Uh, she, Katra starts to gloat about how even Shadow Weaver doesn't get to be the only one to do something, but she, yeah, trails off because she realizes Shadow Weaver is just right the fuck behind her. <laughs> and Shadow Weaver pulls her aside to talk to her because she demands to know how Katra lost Adora once again. And Katra just yells about how Adora left her. In particular, she specifies her, not us. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like, and again, like, very much like, oh, ex-girlfriend's burned kind of deal. It's <laughs> just how Catra's coming across here. And Shadow Weaver tries to force an answer, but her little gemstone on top of her, like, I guess she wears, like, a tiara or something like that. It's, like, some sort of headdress or whatever, but it, like, starts to act up and causes her some pain, and she has to, like, retreat for now, because apparently she just needs to go recharge her gem, too. Because... If it wasn't already apparent, like, yeah, she is definitely a former princess, right? <laughs> From what I remember. Uh, she's a something, I'll say that much. I mean, she straight up has a big gemstone that she, re like, recharges her magic from, so it's like, yeah, like, it seems like it's very much like a case like that, where she's, like, formerly a princess, or at least, like, had, like, I mean, Hordak says that he gave her her magic later on in this episode, so it's like, yeah, like, he, like, it's probably still, like, just straight up princess magic, even if she's not actually an official princess. Or, like, know, that's synthetic or something. I yeah, that, that's what I'm working on, but yeah, that's what I think. Because it's like, it's, I mean, she straight up uses, like, shadow magic, and yeah. it's like, nobody else in the Horde uses stuff like this, so it's like, it's kind of clear that she's using straight up magic magic. <laughs> yeah, Hordak is very much a science villain here. Um, mm -hmm. Frankly, I would not put it past him to invent an artificial magic, but yeah, yeah the big he's, question he's, is why he wouldn't distribute that. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like Bellows. He, he's, he found artificial magic, even if like the theory is that actually he's just using like different clips inside of his staff, basically, at yeah. this point. <laughs> but yeah, he found a way to work around it because he wasn't able to use it himself normally. 
But yeah, uh, we kept back over to the best friend squad because they uh, show up and find the plants of Plumeria are all dying. As, uh, I mean, well, Blow and Glimmer knows this because, like, Shiro's just fucking bent fronting the card supplies, just showing off her abs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you have the strength score to lift up a cart, would you not lift up a cart? <laughs> exactly. Especially if you just got it one day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, they uh, spot smoke from the nearby horde camp, and then uh, Perfume uh, comes to greet them and gives them all flower crowns, which Bo is joked about because he's excited to get the hat. <laughs> Uh, she just goes full-on gay vision at the side of Shira. I mean, her eyes are sparkling and everything, and she's just, like, completely flaunting over her. Yeah. And, like, uh, not only that, but the rest of her, like, people crowd around her as Adora is a bit nervous about being put on the spot and having to, like, be like, we've come with supplies and the help and everything, and she's just, like, clearly, like, I was not expecting to have to make a speech check here of any sort. Yeah. <laughs> expected to be a figurehead, not a conversationalist here. I do want to talk about Plumeria a little bit, because it's like... Uh, Perfuma. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Plumeria. Oh, the people, not just the princess, okay. Yeah, well, Again, the thing is, should they have probably named like them it's a different... country, or a city, yeah. or what, but it seems like it's just like 30 people sitting around in a field. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, they just hang around, like, there's just a bunch of druids that hang around this heart tree, except for uh, Perfuma being the one warlock amongst them who he's trying to pretend to be a druid. <laughs> She's a, she's a she's a warlock of the archfey, is what she is. <laughs> like it's close enough to a druid in a sense. It's an archfey. It's, it's close enough. Yeah, I, I I don't know how to describe this exactly. I just it doesn't feel like a kingdom. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, like I mean, they described it as like yeah, the princesses like retreated back to their homes and called themselves up in their castle. It's like meanwhile, these are just like you said, like a couple dozen people hanging around a tree. They don't have any buildings. They, they don't yep, have any they, tents. They, they, they just don't have even a tree. have any walls to help protect them. <laughs> <laughs> they are just hanging out, having the vibe. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Perfume begins to start showing them around at the. Nothing, I guess, besides the dead trees and stuff. And eventually shows them the heart blossom, which is the only tree that isn't dead or dying. Which is also, like, the one that has, like, the big gems on it that's the source of her magic. <laughs> and she explains that the blight began when the horde arrived, but things will work itself out because the universe bounces out and other people are just pacifists. <laughs> like, great, I, I definitely have uh, dealt with, like, people like this in particular who think that God will work everything out. In particular, my uh, maternal grandparents who didn't want to write their will because they thought God would deal with it. Hmm. They eventually, they eventually were con convinced to write the fucking will themselves, but it's like Jesus Christ, like <laughs> no deity is gonna intervene on your part to write your fucking will for you, people. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that ain't yeah. how that works. Nope. <laughs> uh, I mean, it sounds bad to say, but I'm also pretty much relieved that all my grandparents had passed away before I came out, because, oh boy, that definitely would not go well with them, because they definitely would not. I mean, they barely remembered who the fuck I am. They definitely would not remember anything about that. <laughs> Um, yep. Yeah, like, not, not to get too I, personal, but yeah. <laughs> I don't want to like be over here going, yeah, it's a good thing your grandparents are gone. But <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, hey, I've also thought of this at times too, where it's like, oh, I've been like way more upset about like my ferrets passing away than any of them, and it's like that's also because I didn't have any relationship with them and did not like them as people because they were all kind of bad. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not trying to get too personal here, but it's like, yep, it's just something I thought of in the spur of the moment and decided to go with. 
<laughs> Whoops. Oh yeah, uh, well, moving on along for that. Uh, uh, yeah, we go back to Shadow Weaver briefly because she goes to recharge at like a big, like, basically just like straight up looks kind of like the, uh, a little bit like the gemstones that Zagreus shoots out in Hades, like the, <laughs> the gas or whatever that he has. Uh, she goes there to like just recharge it and Hordak calls her on a Skype call basically to berate her for distracting their forces to look for Adora rather than focusing on their actual mission because he's like, wants to just focus on destroying the Whispering Woods so they can march on Bright Moon, and she's just not helping with that. And he also tells her that he wants to siege uh, Flumeria to hasten, so this way they can actually get back to their main task. And he threatens that he gave her her powers and could take them away, and while she does agree to obey him, as soon as he hangs up the call, she just like makes some like shadow magic rage stuff when she just shouts in anger. Very brief. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we go back to uh, the best friend squad and the plant people while Adora is being showered with food and attention since she's still just in Shira form and it's still very much not thrilled at being put on the spot by all these people. And uh, Perfumia explains uh, Yeah, no, <laughs> God, I'm like, I'm like, even now second guess myself of like, Perfumia! You know, it's like, fuck, uh. Or Plumeria. It's like, Jesus Christ, how come they had to pick two P names? And then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they keep seeing like who's who. No, per Perfumia is the princess. Uh, she explains the stories of Shira helping them in the past, and Bo starts to also like tell the stories of what uh, Dora as Shira has done in such a brief amount of time, which only serves to accept the people of Primaria even more to the point where like one of them just straight up gives her their child. <laughs> it's very <laughs> weird. But Glimmer goes and like puts the baby back with them, being like, "Hey, come on, give her some space." Yeah, this baby and, thing uh, is going to happen like three times in this episode, and I don't know what they're <laughs> trying to say. Yep. <laughs> they definitely want uh, their child to be raised by the the buff gay lady instead. <laughs> apparently. Well, yeah, if she uh, goes her... with uh, uh, um, uh, She-Ra, then she might get to live in a building. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, yeah. It's like, yeah, you'll get, you'll get walls. <laughs> those, weird, those weird triangles that keep you warm and safe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Perfumia says that Shira will restore the forest as she did in a legend, and Adora just wants them to investigate what the horde's up to because she's like, I think clearly they're the source of what's going on, not anything just weird elsewise. But Perfumia says that the people of Pumeria have no offensive powers since all they can do is like basically she can just like make flowers and stuff. Yeah, and somebody has been them. reading her Batman comics. Yep. Like, hey, uh, again, like you, you, you already know how to cast like Druidcraft. You clearly can also cast Thorn Whip here, or uh, Lady. Like, that's a pretty good uh, cantrip. <laughs> Especially good for like pulling people in the fucking cliffs between you and them, <laughs> or holes at the least. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Adora goes to excuse herself and directs Glimmer and Bo of her because she is like is talking to them fully about how she has zero idea what to do to heal the forest. Obviously, <laughs> because she's been Shira for like three days at this point. Yeah, yeah. And she only and she's like trying like various things to see if she can like do healing magic, but only succeeds at casting Eldritch Blast a lot with uh, blasting a bunch of trees. But she also actually does manage to do her little like transformation magic that she accidentally used on uh, Silverwind, uh, or Swiftwind. Yeah, why did I say Silverwind? <laughs> Uh, to accidentally blast a lizard that transforms it, which, uh, <laughs> especially like how Bo's like, wait, is that what happened to our horse? <laughs> like, yep, you, you were not there to see horsey, or, I'm sorry, uh, Silver Wind transform, so, yep. Now you There's, know. Hmm? I don't know if I should say this yet, but, mm -hmm. okay, there is something horrifying about this, because, um, 
we will find out later. It was implied last episode. Uh, Swiftwind is fully sentient now. After this, I do remember that he talks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, she gave him the gift of sentience when she did that, mm-hmm. and she just did the same thing to this lizard. We're not going to see this lizard again. There's just a. a, 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 a... <laughs> there's a, there's a lizard somewhere in Etheria having us existential crisis because he's now aware of the world. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Has no but his his god has forsaken him after like mere moments after he was created and he uh, does not know how to process those feelings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. But yeah. <laughs> Moving on for that, uh, Adora just like vents her frustration at not being able to know how to cast cure wounds by or lesser restoration by knocking over some trees, which again not helping the forest at this point because like these trees at least don't seem like they're like. The area they're in, it doesn't look like these trees are, like, dead or dying, so it's like, she's just taking out some normal-ass healthy trees. Yeah, these are definitely old growth, too, either size of that root system. (laughs) Yep. But but at that point, Perfumia rushes over with news that the Heart Blossom is now wivering, and uh, she tries to get uh, Dora to heal it, but it turns out, like, but, yeah, she's not able to do that, and, like, I guess the effort of it just causes her to, like, finally turn off her she form, because it probably is all... It's, it's definitely a concentration transfer, uh, spell, right, basically? No, not at all. Being she I, I guess not, yeah. She definitely has gotten, like, beat up at times. I mean, she still is a she when she gets knocked out for a bit in the previous episode, so I guess that's true. But, I mean, it seems like here, like, the exhortation, or at least, like, being disappointed with not being able to do this does make her just turn it off herself, or it's... accidentally. Hmm, how do I put this? Shira is a state of specific mental calculation. It's not like holding on to a spell, but if you get out of the zone, then you're not Shira anymore. Yeah, yeah. She has to do. She has to do the uh, the lady doing math meme every time she turns into Shira. Kind of, yeah. She's, it's uh, constantly doing calculations in her head, and every time that she stops having to do math, she's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> it turns out. Like specifically, what I would compare it to is an athlete being quote unquote in the zone. Right. And if you get knocked out of the zone, then you're just done. This game is over. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. But yeah. Uh, after she reverts back to her normal self, she explains that she basically just truly does not know what the fuck she's doing and that she's not the older She-Ra that people think that she is, based on the legends and stuff. But she does also say that the Horde must be using a machine to poison the land, because obviously she knows Horde shit. <laughs> and obviously that's what's going on here. And while the people of Pimeria thinks that the universe will fix itself for them in due time, Glimmer just points out that Shira simply cannot do everything while they sit aside and do nothing for themselves. Which, again, good point for once, Glimmer. <laughs> like, you have your moments where you're, like, actually, like, thinking things through rather than just being like, why don't we just punch people to death? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, the people of Pimeria think that if Shira can help them, no one obviously can, and they just immediately decide to start making plans to just fucking leave their home and magic tree. <laughs> just immediately be like, yep, well, nothing to do here, bye. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Glimmer and Bo give Adora a pep talk, and they decide to go and sneak into the horde base to, during a shift change to disable the machine, since Dora knows, obviously, their like, schedule and everything, so they can just try to blend in. Yeah. Don't know where they got these disguises from, because we don't see them, like, beat up some horde soldiers that are just on patrol or whatever, but they just have them <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, you yeah. know how uh, you do. Sometimes you just yeah. get a uniform from nowhere. I mean, true, they also didn't explain how the, the cats got all those uh, Coven Guard outfits that were official, considering that Ida and those just made, like, shitty ones. <laughs> it's for a moment to get in. But yeah, 
Uh, they succeed at getting in during the shift change and find the machine, but immediately are found by a troop that finds them, and Adora tries to get them an outdated passcode, which immediately just alerts them that they're not actually real Horde members because they haven't used that code in ages. So they set off an alarm. <laughs> and at that, uh, the Plumerians find a note from Adora explaining where they went and to go help and everything. And Perfumia finally decides to rally her people to help because, like, they're like, hey, they're still trying even when they're, like, acknowledged that they don't know what the fuck they're doing, so we should actually maybe do something for once. <laughs> Definitely didn't stick by that uh, pacifism for long, lady. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Adora and her friends flee from and fight off some soldiers in the process, but they immediately just get cornered because there's only three of them, and, like, again... Glimmer does not have enough spell slots because she's still a very low level warlock in general, and her Eldritch Blasts don't seem powerful. Clearly, uh, clearly Glimmer needs to take Agonizing Blast so she can add her Grisma modifier through these shots because they don't do much <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, the thing yeah. that we'll see as this series goes along, uh, Glimmer's attacks are way more effective if she lights up her fist and then punches somebody. She's more of a monk than anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, she... Maybe she's just, like, a very weird uh, cross-class where she has a few levels of Warlock just for, like, the like the early-on Hexblade abilities, <laughs> like Hexblade's Curse and everything, and, like, Eldritch Blast, and then she immediately just started going into Monk, even though it's, like, you don't have the deck score to really support not having armor, nor the Wisdom score since you're focused more on Charisma, but sure, this is an option you can do. I mean, hey, it, wor it worked out for uh, Emily Oxford and... Uh, Unsleeping City, Chapter 1 and 2, and, I mean, but she also started as Monk and then just took, like, a level 2 of Hexblade just for Hexblade's curse, basically. Because <laughs> that's just, that's just how Emily Axford plays D&D characters. Every one of her on, like, Dimension 20 that is a D&D-ass character has, like, a level of Hexblade just to do War Hexblade's curse and Hellish Rebuke. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's fun. <laughs> Uh, you're right. Yeah, they they try to fight us and so just make a corner, only for to have Perfumia tear down one of the walls of the base with some vines to let her people in, who again just somehow proceed to wipe the floor of all these trained troops, even though they have just a bunch of like sticks and plants and stuff. <laughs> so hmm, who knows? Uh, Adora transforms with the same magical girl transformation sequence that we've now seen a total of three times in the show. So we're at a 75% uh, transformation the episode. Uh, ratio at this point already. I hope you're not planning on keeping track of it because that number is going to get uh, really annoying. <laughs> you might be disappointed for what I have planned for the replacement of Lucy's Crimes count because <laughs> that's exactly what I was planned. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, yeah, she does that to attack the machine properly, and I guess like, her stabbing the machine like allows Perfumia to see like the various like uh like lines of poison or whatever in the ground because like he basically just like turns all these lines of poison into this plants and that apparently is enough to freak out the horde soldiers and to send them running because like adora doesn't really like heal it herself it's straight up perfumia who does it to reverse the poison which makes sense yeah. she is she is the weird like again she has one level of warlock for hexblade and just a bunch of druid levels i guess Pretty just much. like uh, yeah, just like Glimmer's weird multi-class. So but, uh, yeah, yeah, like we do see it. It starts to reduce when she stabs the machine. So it's not not doing things. It's just that yeah. Perfuma like is way better at this. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is her name Perfuma or Perfumia? Just Perfuma. No, I. Oh, okay. God, I guess I can't say anything that there was Perfumia. Okay, whatever. But yeah, uh, Perfuma thanks them for their help, and Glimmer asks her to help reform the Princess Alliance, saying that while it went badly for their parents, they have a chance to actually do it right this time, because they're the protagonists, not their moms. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, Perfume, uh, Perfuma agrees because this means she gets to hit more people with flowers. So again, fu fully went back on your whole thou shall not hurt or kill uh, complication, I guess, there. Well, You're just like, yep. Okay, so this is something we were going to talk about later. Let's just talk about it now. I mentioned earlier everyone in this show is trans, and that's true. That's like yeah. not up for debate. But Perfuma specifically is extra trans insofar as the character designer specifically designed her that way. Ray Geiger meant her to be a trans woman. He just didn't tell anyone else on the staff that he did that. Huh. So, like, it's... I, I mean, a... I like how, like, I mean, one of the first things that seems I type Perfuma into Google is autocomplete Perfuma trans, so... yeah. So, like, it's not exactly canon, because he didn't tell anyone until after the show was over, but mm -hmm. um, that, that was the intent here, and I really feel that specifically in this episode, because to me at least, the holding back from violence and relying on being such a peaceful, demure little person feels very, I am a trans woman who cannot be aggressive at all, or people will think less of me. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that drag tracks, I guess. So that's that. That's just the vibe I get off of this, and I realize that's not how they wrote it because, again, no one but him knew that. So. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that that also explains a lot then. It's on her being like, "Yeah, I finally get to hit people." <laughs> Fuck yeah! Direct action. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. We get back over to the God. I almost said the friend zone. The fright zone, <laughs> uh, where Katra is brought before Shadow Weaver to show her footage of Adora. She was attacking the horde base from earlier, so she can't really like hide the truth that Adora is also Shira anymore. Uh, Catra explains that she will bring Adora back and that her gay princess transformation is just a phase, Shadow Mom, really. <laughs> but definitely isn't. <laughs> See, this uh, is where Catra becomes true evil because she sees that her friend is out there being gay yeah. and she's promising to bring her back into conversion therapy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure is. Not great. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Shadow Weaver says that Catra better succeed and that she has no other mission until this is successful. And for some reason, she also decides to send out these little shadow spies after Adora to locate her and bring her back, even though she just told Catra to do it herself. Yeah. Not sure why, really. <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose if it's like, oh, these things might be more successful than this one person who is notoriously lazy <laughs> and useless. But yeah, uh, back over at Bright Moon, uh, Glimmer and Bo throw Adora a sleepover and because they got her a new flatter bed, and Bo says that Glimmer got grounded for a week because they decided to disobey the queen again, so that means they can just do the sleepover a lot. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Glimmer also says that somehow she convinced her mom to go along with the plan to try to recruit the other princesses, even though again, their whole mission was not to actually really get directly involved with the other princesses during this humanitarian mission but that's fine don't worry about it and they all just decide to go to bed and it's why does adora not have a blanket <laughs> <laughs> i get that she's used to not really having a blanket because of her cot and everything but it's like she could at least have a blanket <laughs> i think uh i think that's bow and glimmer took the blankets to create their sleeping bags uh, fair but also like again like if, Ad if adora has her jacket again why isn't she not using her jacket at least to like be like <laughs> a small blanket or something <laughs> just to have something that's so yeah, fair. Uh, yep. I don't know. It's strange. 
yeah. I mean, hey, if we're if we're gonna like examine stuff of like why does she not have a blanket, let's like we have to also like examine stuff of like why do characters in cartoons always wear the same clothes? Except Hunter, apparently, because Hunter actually did change up his outfit a lot in season two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The reason Adora always wears the same clothes is because that's the only outfit she's got, and the the, the royal family won't buy her a new one. <laughs> I mean, true, yeah. It, she, she's gotta like uh, earn the queen's trust if she wants another set of clothes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's uh, episode four. I don't have anything else about it, unless you do. Uh, no, I don't think I do. All right. Then, uh... oh, yeah, you want to do, like, uh, old show stuff before we get into, like, the voice actors and stuff, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mostly talked about the stuff from the old show, like, as it was happening, because we don't... Yeah. The stuff that we see in this episode is a lot of, um, mostly just new character introductions, We've already kind of moved past the stuff where the story lines up, so um, I'm gonna go ahead and drop. This is old school Madame Raz, the one that people think might oh be boy. the mer- the current <laughs> Madame Raz, and she is with Jeez. Broom there, who you can see is sentient in the original. Um, old school Madame mm-hmm. Raz is basically just a witch. Uh, like her hat comes down over her face, and she's cut holes in it for her eyes. But other than that, yep. pretty stereotypical witch-looking person. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Broom is very much uh, one of the brooms from uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice, but with a face. <laughs> yep. Straight up is. Uh, this is Madame Raz's friend, Lou Key, who <laughs> really looks that's out just, of place. That's, yeah, that's just a troll. Like, one of those, like, uh, not, like, troll, like, fantasy troll, but, like, the like the toy trolls. <laughs> yeah, this is some straight-up Rainbow Bright nonsense. Here's the shot where you can see... Uh, his face in the episode, although yeah. that's pretty small. Yep. And, yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's still noticeable. <laughs> the only other thing I have for you today is I'm going to drop a uh, sheet for the villains of the original show. Uh, this is Hordak, Imp, Scorpia, and Shadow Weaver. Uh, you can see that Hordak and Shadow Weaver are pretty much the same, just like updated, but Imp there specifically yeah. is nothing like <laughs> Yeah, very different. Obviously, like, Scorpia also, because, like, Scorpia is, like, way more scorpion rather than just is a human lady with a scorpion tail. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing I love most about old-school Hordak is that he has webbed feet for some reason. Like he's Yeah, a... I did notice that. He's got fucking straight-up duck feet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what his deal is, but I really like the scuba flippers on this guy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think that's basically everything... From these episodes, um, I guess we could talk about um, Perfuma a little bit, but uh, when I send you this image, it's not going to change the idea that she's trans in any way, mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, she's... Oh, yeah. I mean, she's straight up shooting a rainbow, so yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm-hmm. Flower hat shooting rainbows. <laughs> Yeah, 100% trans. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's our flashback segment. All right, well then, uh, I guess I will get into the voice actors, because, again, like, I obviously made some cuts here because I was like, uh, we don't have to cover Kyle yet because it's Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that again. I I I don't think I'm like digging myself a hole here, like when we didn't cover Viney and Jerbo back in season one. But it's like, I also don't think that based on what we've seen of Kyle, I don't think Kyle ever becomes like somewhat important. I think he's just always there in the background. No yeah, comment. Uh, 
<laughs> Jesus. God damn it. Maybe next episode. Depending <laughs> on who's introduced next episode. But yeah, uh, we actually already have uh, two returning voice actors from Owl House here in the form of Raz and Hordak's voice actors because Raz is voiced by Greg Giffen, uh, Griffin, who we already covered because like she's the voice of like various like secondary and like background characters throughout mm -hmm. Owl House and like uh, I'm trying to remember. I think she was the voice of Ka uh, Katya, the uh, the food fanfic person who was a part member of the Cats. Yeah, I think that was her. Yeah, sounds familiar. And Horlack is voiced by Kesson John, who we already covered because he was the voice of Darius. And like we said earlier, he also voiced Grizzler in this for his brief appearance. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> continuing on, Lonnie is voiced by Dana Davis, who also plays Kit. And I don't know if Kit and Big Red are different characters, or like if Big Red's like an alter ego of Kit or whatever, but it, it separated them in like a slash, so I'm not sure they're different characters. But yeah, she voices both of them on Cricket Creek. She is also the voice of Jess in Amphibia, the, the uh, one of the mechanic girls, <laughs> and Kelly in Star vs. Force of Evil. Nice. So, yeah, pr pretty well known in a lot of like, current cartoons and recent cartoons. <laughs> uh, Perfuma is voiced by Genesis Rodriguez, who also plays Honey Lemon in all the various Big Hero 6 related stuff, including in King of Hearts 3. Nice, nice. Uh, she is also Sloan in the Umbrella Academy. And Amelie in Elena of Avalor, which I brought that up because I remember there was a voice actress from Elena of Avalor last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good and show then, for children. Like, actual right. children, not like Elena right. House level <laughs> children. Not, not, not us, the 30 year old children. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, I don't remember if this buff dude was even named in the show, but apparently, like, Perfuma's, like, buff guy, like, manservant dude is named uh, Seneschal. I put him here because he is voiced by Jordan Fisher, who also voices Seahawk in this show, in addition to being uh, the Elder in Star Wars Visions, Robert in Turning Red, Matt in Until Dawn, and is the current actor of Evan Hansen in the Broadway show. <laughs> so, pretty prolific. Wow, yeah. Uh, yep. Possibly worth noting, Seneschal is the only Plumerian who's going to get a name outside of uh, Perfuma, so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that jocks based on, like, again, like, from what I remember in se watching season one, like, none of the other people really show up, and I'm pretty sure I even saw, like, Seneschal shows up, like, once or twice in the background for the rest of the show and never again, really. Yeah. He's really he's really in here because, like, yeah, I would obviously be covering him anyway once Seahawk shows up in a few episodes time anyway, so I was like, yep, yeah, might as well put him in here and just mention that he's also Seahawk. Fair enough. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's uh -huh. all I have voice actors-wise. Nice. Um... Mm -hmm. Jeez, I don't remember what we're supposed to do next. <laughs> uh, I think it was going to trivia, because then I'll have uh, the transformation sequence bullshit. <laughs> trivia, okay, yes. Um, so a lot of the trivia from our first episode I already covered, because that's a lot of that was just relation to the original show. Um, oh, uh, wait, did I say trivia? I meant the questions. <clears throat> oh, the questions. <laughs> totally different thing. <laughs> yeah, um, a little bit. Okay, well, while we're on our mini trivia section, I do want to say, uh, you mentioned before that the title of this episode was based on Flowers for Algernon. That is not exactly true. Uh, it is a reference to an episode from the original series called Flowers for Hordak. So. Oh, okay, gotcha. I mean, again, I was not aware of that, but like, I saw our Flowers for Shira, and I was like, did they just make a Flowers for Algernon reference? I guess. <laughs> Just because it's obviously the plant lady episode, so sure, go with that, I guess. I mean, it might be like a second-hand Flowers for Algernon reference. I'm sure that's what they were naming it after the first time around. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
Um, because like God, has anybody actually thought about Flowers for Algernon in a long time though? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had to read it like three times in my literature degree. <laughs> like recently? I mean, this was like, five, six years ago. No, jeez, okay. I graduated I guess... in 2014. This was eight years ago. Okay, I guess I'm mostly thinking along the lines of, like, I think I w- read it once in, like, eighth grade. <laughs> so I'm like, dang, it's, like, what, 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. Other than that, there's nothing I can say from the trivia pages that isn't a spoiler, except that Flowers for She-Ra is the worst-rated episode of the whole series, so... <laughs> really? Yep. Huh. I wonder why. No idea. Hmm. I guess people hmm. just don't like hippies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, there is that whole thing of, like, they are, like, a very, like, passive, like, group and everything, and it's, like, they don't want to do anything to help themselves until, like, they suddenly decide to become super violent, I guess. Yeah. So it's, like, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit strange. So it's, like, yeah, I guess I could see that. <laughs> but, uh... I mean, I'm also working on, I'm working on the context of only having seen 13 episodes of this entire, like, 52-episode-long show, so maybe that's also why... <laughs> If that, I mean, if you didn't remember Raz, who knows? True. <laughs> Fair. I did, at least at least when I saw Seahawk's name there for the voice actor, I was like, oh, right, I remember that guy. People ah. don't like him at first. <laughs> I remember that dude. Seahawk is... We'll talk about Seahawk. <laughs> he shows up, like, in, like, what, I think it was episode 8, I think he is in some of that? I, he'll be here sooner than that. Okay. He, so like, I think he'll like be here next, next time. Episode, yes. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> I was like, trying to remember if I was trying to remember if they like recruit like Entrapta or uh, Frosta. Is the Snow Princess one right? Yeah, yeah. Because Frosta, because Frosta, if I remember correctly, I don't think she like shows up until they do like the very gay ball at her place. <laughs> so like, yeah, I think like she's later on. But it's, like, I was like trying to remember like, is Entrapta next or uh, is Entrapta actually episode six? Uh, possibly. That seems early, but it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't have the episodes memorized as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we're definitely getting Seahawk next time. Oh, no, yep, I'm totally correct. And yeah. We're definitely and getting Entrapta next time. Yeah, Entrapta is episode six. Yep. So we'll have even more to talk about. Um, okay, so, two questions. If you have questions for us, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter and usweirdoscast at gmail.com. This week we have questions from Aurora Borealis at Casey Cosmos on Twitter. Uh, starting off with, who are some good and cool cartoon moms? I feel like this is cheating considering we just finished Owl House a few weeks ago, but Ida is an obvious answer. Oh yeah, no, you're... Absolutely. Like yes. Ida's like a bad teacher and like, but she is a good like uh, uh, mom basically. <laughs> she, I mean, she's like straight up like, yeah, I'll teach you how to do magic, and then like immediately like three episodes later, being like, I don't know how to teach you magic. You're a human. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a nap. So it's like, yeah, like I mean, it doesn't take her very long to to stop the the. Uh, I mean, she does at least have good lessons in uh, adventures in the elements of like le- yeah, learning from the island and listening to it. But it's like. As an actual teacher who can teach people stuff directly, she's not that good. But, like, yeah, she is, like, you know, very good owl mom material. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I gotta, like, it's me, so I've gotta fill the the, the quota. It's Morticia Adams, obviously. Um, (laughs) 
from the cartoon version. Again, obviously, there mm-hmm. was a cartoon. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, beyond that, I don't know. I can't think of a lot of... Uh, Anne Possible from Kim Possible. She's great. She knows that her child is a spy and just lets her do her thing, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess uh, I guess we could probably say, uh, God, I don't know her name, uh, Anne's mom from Amphibia. Because, like, again, like, she, she definitely, like, you know, has that bit at the beginning when she, like, finds out that, like, you know, Anne has pissed off the king of uh, Frog World and everything. But when she learns the context, she is, like, fully in support of her daughter with, like, yeah, let's fight that asshole king and, like, also supports her going back to help her frog friends out and get them back home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's a good mom. Um, hmm. I kind of want to say Maddie Fenton because we're talking about cool moms, but mm-hmm. that's a little bit of a... Like, don't get me wrong, Maddie Fenton is rad. She will tear through anything and any everything. She's absolutely mm-hmm. an indestructible monster person. The trouble is yeah. uh, she spends most of the show hunting her son down and trying to murder him. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Uh, do, do we count grandmas as moms? I mean, like, there uh, are grandmas or moms, moms. Grand. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I would also say uh, Miss Beakley from the 2017 DuckTales, because she's... Super, I mean, she, she takes a bit to, like, really start letting Webby, like, kind of go off without just being held up in the manor, which admittedly doesn't take too long. It's like, by the end of the first two episodes, she's like, yeah, you can go on adventures with Scrooge, fuck yeah. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, she, she is she is buff grandma who will uh, beat a motherfucker to death with her bare hands to protect her family. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and she, she's also taught her granddaughter how to like just fucking ice people when she's like oh god i don't even think they even like establish when he, when he's age she's like 10 at most like basically like the same age as the triplets <laughs> but she definitely can just like take all three of them and just kick their asses and don't give them any and like they, they have no chance against her <laughs> god like that was 2017 is such a good fucking show we'll get there some point but it's a great show so good um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, from uh, uh, Aurora, what are good and cool real-world flowers? <laughs> you too, huh? Uh... <laughs> uh, hang on, hang on. I, I want to see if this flower is what I think it looks like. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like the, the zinnia. The zinnia is a neat flower. The zinnia, huh? Yep. I, I mostly remember looking at it. familiar. Let me Google I, it. Yeah, I mean, immediately, immediately I had to look it up, too, a while back, because I remembered uh, when they released the uh, updated versions of Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire on the 3DS, they introduced the character Zinnia, who's, like, a, like, she has, like, the only, she's the only person in the game series that has this trainer title of Lore Keeper, because she's, like, part of, like, the whole, like, uh, epilogue stuff with Rayquaza and uh, Deoxys <laughs> in that game. And it's like, yeah, like that that's a cool looking flower. It's a bunch of different like uh variants to it, but it's like, yeah, it's like they're they're kinda like poofy multicolor flowers in the most part, so they're neat. <laughs> um also I mean like Zinnia is also just a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, yeah. Valid reason. Um The only thing that's coming to mind is there's this breed of crocuses, and I don't know if it's like a specific subbreed or if it's just something that happens sometimes, but mm-hmm. It's extremely purple, and I like it. <laughs> oh yeah, those are neat. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think it's also kind of hard to just not think that, like, sunflowers are also cool flowers. They're just super big. They're just neat. <laughs> I don't like them. Flowers shouldn't be taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, I like sunflowers. They're neat. My, my, a friend of mine is, like, growing some, like, uh, little planters at their place, and they're growing some sunflowers. And they're different. Then they started spreading recently, so that's neat. Nice. Yeah. Um, also from Aurora, uh, what flora would you like to summon at will? Are we just, like, considering it's, like, uh, the various, like, plant effects that Luz can make of her glyphs, essentially? Um, I guess. I don't know. It just says flora, so, I, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess was going to say guess, a like, shambling it, it, mound. <laughs> uh, no, fuck those things. Those things suck. Yeah, but if I could Jamblin summon it... <laughs> yeah, are those things smart enough to not turn on their summoner, though? <laughs> I mean, it, hey, for what it's worth, I mean, we fought a Shambling Mound when our character was, like, level 4, and it almost killed me. <laughs> it was like, god, this was, like, five sessions after my character had died in the very first session and got brought back to life because uh, I was, like, a little bit too annoyed and didn't have another character idea. And then, like... I'm me to get grabbed by that thing and get dealt the uh why do we take this mound as it? It's like ten D six whatever damage from a shambling mound or something if it gets the good effect on you. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's no, those, uh, rough. Those things, yeah, those things are the worst. It, it's very funny because like uh way later on when our characters were just in a jungle it was like basically like we just saw one of them because the DM had just like rolled at random and was like, oh, there's just another random shambling mound here. And we're like immediately all like spending our entire first turn just double moving the fuck away from this thing. And just like the, the fighter was just shooting it with arrows, the sorcerer was just like shooting it with like, uh, like just basic like cantrips. And I was just like dropped like a level three moonbeam on it and just kept, it wasn't able to get away because it has such low movement. So it was <laughs> stuck in the moonbeam all along. And it's like, we were just like, nope, fuck these things. We learned our lesson. We're like level like 14 at this point, but still fuck this guy. <laughs> this thing sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, those things are rough. They are, they are not fun to deal with. <laughs> yeah, fine. I mean, also they have like 136 hit points and they're only a challenge rating 5 monster. That's a lot. It's not that much. It's a lot, but it's not that much. I guess the difference also here is that, like, the sorcerer was a uh, storm sorcerer, and so, like, he was trying to stay very much on brand for a lot of, like, lightning and thunder oh, spells. Well, yeah, and these, things would... <laughs> these things absorb lightning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so not great the first time that happened, so it was kind of rough going. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, if you don't yeah. like shambling mounds, do you have something else you would prefer to summon? Uh... I mean, it's kind of hard to just not say that, like, being able to just summon vines from my hand would be cool to just, and, like, wrap around people and, like, just pull things along and stuff like that. It's super useful, right? Yeah. It's a bludgeoning attack at range, and also you can grab stuff, and, like, I mean, as Luce also shows, like, she can, like, just, like, make, like, uh, like, vine ropes and stuff like that for her to, like, climb and swing around and stuff. <laughs> it's very handy. Okay. Um, we have one last question from Aurora. I am having a cool party past curfew. What snacks are you bringing? <laughs> uh, don't even think of like how this actually relates to the the, the episodes we because covered. Because they but, have a uh, sleepover. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to just say no to pizza, right? <laughs> that's fair. Um, I was absolutely gonna say uh, zapikanka, which is. Uh, Polish street food and also a thing I make and I don't know what that is it is great it's like a french bread and then there's 
except it's garlic bread with cheese on it and then mushrooms. <laughs> it's like pizza light. Oh, okay. I think I actually found it. I definitely butchered the spelling, but like it had that as a suggestion. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. I guess, I guess it kind of just looks like yeah, like pizza bread, like you said. <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah. That's that's. I'm sure you found what I'm thinking about, but yeah, uh, like a yeah, garlic it, bread just, with it's, mushrooms, it's like this, sometimes like, a yeah, meat, like, uh, shredded cheese, yeah, and traditionally ketchup on top. Though I usually skip that. Yeah, yeah, that's what these are all showing. Basically, it's just like yeah, it's like a big like hoagie roll, sliced in half, and then just all that stuff on top. Yeah, just cut those suckers into slices, and they're great party food. Hmm. Yeah, neat. Can't say I don't think I've ever really had Polish food. Hmm. Um. I haven't had like a ton, but it does happen <laughs> because uh, I, I spent several years as a kid in Germany, so you know there there's some overlap yeah. there. Oh, okay, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just like that like Aurora's uh, in our chat just talking about the uh, the old picture of Perfuma. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hello, in uh, retrospect, Aurora, you'll hold this episode in like a god like two weeks from now. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess a week and a half, because, like, I mean, the uh, the first episode of she goes live on this upcoming Monday. Yep. So this one will go live on the... On Monday 20th. after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that is that is all our questions, so uh, you have a segment for us, yes? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I'm going to fucking do this nonsense of, like, keeping track of all the Adora transformation sequences that use the same 20-second animation. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually thought of, like, a, like, good snappy name for this. I'll try to think of it by... Uh, well, probably not next episode, but by the time we reconvene in, like, near the end of June or early July, whenever we start again. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, since we didn't do it last week, we'll just cover, like, obviously she did the transformation sequence in episode 2 when she transformed to fight off the Horde Soldiers at the very end of the episode. And then she transformed again in episode 3 to go and save Swiftwind. And I got I had to double-check myself and was like, wait, Silverwind? No, Swiftwind. I don't know why I keep fucking it up. <laughs> And then, obviously, she did the transformation again, so she could fuck up the poisoning machine. <laughs> and so it's like, yep, like I said, we're at a 75% episode to transformation sequence ratio. I'm wondering if we're actually going to exceed 100% based on the fact that you said that sometimes she does the transformation sequence multiple times in the same episode. If I am remembering correctly, yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm wondering, I'm curious to see what that ratio ends up being by episode 52. <laughs> Although, I... I don't want to like spoil anything, but doesn't like her like transformation change a bit later on in like season five? Like she gets like a different appearance. Uh, no comment. Yeah, I think I think I remember seeing a photo with that like two years ago or something like that. So like I don't know if we count those because it's a slightly different transformation sequence. Depends on how different it is. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there in like what November, December, eventually, whatever the, the fuck it's gonna be. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Yep. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that pretty weird. much covers it. Although I am having a sudden realization. Uh, so all the images that I have been posting in our chat have, of course, are of course available online if you want to make the effort of finding them. Or yeah. uh, anybody who's in the server that we use to record these episodes can see them. So if you're interested in seeing these images, hit us up for a guest spot on the show, and we'll get you in here. <laughs> Yep, I mean, so far, the only people that can actually see it would be Holly, uh, Mike, and Aurora. That is <laughs> correct. Us, obviously. But, yep. uh, yeah, that's, uh, 
that's your invitation. If you want to be on this show, uh, well, if you don't want to be on this show, but if you do want to see these images, you got to be on the show to see them. So <laughs> that's the rule. Or, or while you're just listening on with the episode, pause and just Google the old images so you can see. Don't tell them how to circumvent our rules. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. The only person on the entire internet that has access to the old ADC Rock cartoon is my friend here. Nobody else is allowed. <laughs> they bought. That's... They bought the rights from whoever the fuck owns all the old Sierra rights. Because <laughs> I don't know if it's DreamWorks, like they did for this current run. Nah, I think they just licensed it. Yeah, pretty pretty sure that's how it would have gone. But yeah, that's uh, pretty much everything we have to cover. So uh, I think, yeah. If you are interested in hearing more from us, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket. Um, when you are hearing this, two weeks ago I did a run on Alphabet Flight, uh, three episodes about a couple of dudes, but most notably just an actual guy from history. But he's in comic books, so he gets a page in the Marvel comic book encyclopedia. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, yeah, and if you want to just find me still just retweeting a bunch of terrifying things about all the uh, genocidal rhetoric about trans people these days, uh, you can follow me at Chaos. where, again, besides that, I mostly, like, talk about stuff like cats and stuff. <laughs> cats and, are like, pretty good. Yep, still, still like... Uh, God, I'm like I was about to say I'm still like liking your retreating Owl House fan art from like uh, season two B, but I'm like shit, no, I can't because most of my fr other friends haven't seen it yet because they're oh, waiting no. until when it goes. Because like I mean they held back uh, airing season two B like the rest of it on Disney Plus until like the latter, like I think it's like uh, June 27th they're going live, so like almost like a whole month after the season ended yeah so it's like yeah and like i think like some of them have just haven't actually started watching season 2b just yet because of that so it's like yeah it's not great i want to like can recreate a lot of this art and now i love it's old yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely a case of me being like yeah well unfortunately i can't like and retweet as many of these uh pictures of them doing like the big gay kiss as much as i would like <laughs> or an, or all the collector bullshit <laughs> oh boy mm -hmm. <sighs> <laughs> uh, it's a lot. I mean, ho hopefully, hopefully by the time that we're uh, done with Shira, we'll get an idea of when those vessels will air. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> maybe they'll air before we're done with Shira, but maybe not. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's a rough question, because as much as I want them to happen, I don't want to have to interrupt a show, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is that. I mean, admittedly, it wouldn't be too long, because it basically would just be, like, less than a month of taking a break from Shira to do it, but, yeah. That's true. Dif yeah, because, like, I mean, unless unless we, like, f find out that we only have, like, a few weeks between, like, we're, when we're done with Shira and then before it airs, it's when, then it's like, well, we got to find something that we can do quickly to bridge the gap. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't know how many things only have, like, six episodes or something like that. Nah, we'll figure it out. Yep. Cross that bridge whenever the fuck we come to it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But uh, for now, I think there's nothing left to say. But uh, remember, us weirdos, weirdos have, have to, to stick, stick together. together. Bye. Bye.